The Xbox Era podcast is powered by you. And if you want to support us, you can do so via Patreon. Just head to patreon.com forward slash Xbox Era. And as a thank you for your support, you get cool stuff and we get to keep doing what we do. Now let's get into it. Hello friends and welcome to episode 101 of the Xbox Zero podcast. I'm Suki Mechanico and I'm joined as usual by Special Nick. What's going on? And pushing the buttons, pulling the levers, making sure things go off without a hitch. Jesse, aka Don Cabeza. How are you doing, Jesse? I'm doing very I'm doing well. Very well. Thanks, for asking. Thanks for asking. I'm glad to hear it. Glad to hear it. Um, we haven't got Phil Spencer on this week. I just wanted to make sure that people were in the no. you know in the know on this. He's not here this week, but last week was pretty cool, right? It was a, it was a pretty it was. big moment, wasn't it? <laughs> it was really good. And it's funny. I noticed a lot of people saying, oh, your face, your face, your face. I didn't realize so many <laughs> people. Cat. Yeah, so many people were like, look at Nick's face, look at Nick's face. And I'm like, oh, I was smiling. It's my face. <laughs> you know, it was, it was, you know, and it's funny. You know, we got feel on, I've just... I've just very, very recently, like in the last 12 or so hours, secured another guest for a later show in April, which I'm personally excited about. I, I um, have to give this particular guest a round of applause as well. Because yeah, this is, yeah. This is a get. This is a get. It's a good one. Yeah, it's a good one. And I was actually shocked at how, like, I shouldn't use the word easy. It's the wrong word to use. I was just surprised at how smoothly and quickly it all happened like i was expecting yeah. like no response from this person i was expecting and they were like replying to me on twitter they're like yep yeah. yeah okay cool let's do it i'm like oh, oh, oh all right you know really th thanks <laughs> well, no. for replying and you know because you're a big deal and thanks for replying he's like no i'm not a big deal i'm just a guy i'm like oh okay what, what day in april do you want to do he's like yeah we'll just do it this day i'm like oh all right <laughs> i was just like i was so surprised he was just disarmed like by someone's cooperation stuff. instead of instead, yeah, of, instead just... of them being like eh, and you have to hassle them they've just been like yeah, yeah sure. it was just so it was so odd but yeah i'm excited about this guest yeah it's it's a good I one think the, i think one. that'll be cool yeah it should be a really fun we, episode as a little bit of a clue maybe we should get them for the book yes Yes. Uh, seeing as you've got as such a, wonderful rapport, you know, please yeah, let yeah. them in. See if they'd be up for as a, a bit of a as a bit of a clue as to who the guest is. We'll probably try and get them to write for the book. Yep, hundred percent. Um yeah. oh man, I've had a I've had a really video game focused week. I've spent a lot of evenings this week playing video games. So let's let's start off mm. as we always do. Have you been playing anything new lately, Nick? Yeah. Been playing Tunic. Tunic's real good, despite what the reviewer of Tunic said. That everything, that everything about it is really good Tunic. except for one part. <laughs> the actual text of my review is pretty positive. It, it works out well that I didn't review it because I'm like, I've put a lot of hours into this game and I don't think I've gotten far at all because I've spent so much time like 
trying to like what what happens to me in these sorts of games like zelda games and metroidvanias and all that sort of stuff is that i spend so much time in one area wanting to find every little thing in it before i move on and that's despite my brain also knowing that i'm 99 percent sure i don't have all the abilities i need yet to find everything i need to find in this area and i sit there and i just waste hours and hours so, like, yeah, I I get it, I and mean, I can see the chats kind of like, well, what did the reviewers say? <laughs> <laughs> so look for context, right? Um, we for for whatever frustrating reason, we thought we'd wait for Xbox Code, uh, and unfortunately, it just I don't think that the publishers got got round to it in time, or or whatever the case may be. So we did we had declined PC code. So Jesse who's obviously on the podcast running things in the background. Uh, he actually did the review for this one. Right. And uh, I think you scored it seven out of 10 um, overwhelmingly positive in all aspects, aside from one, which is the combat. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and seven Nick, and seven out of 10 is a good, good score. It's a good game. I know it's not yeah. the fair, yeah. it's not the good console war score. Like I know According to Console Wars, seven out of ten is a broken, worthless. I've got, I've got, I've got a comparison that I think, that works. I think works. Our seven, Our seven is like an, is like an IGN, IGN eight. eight. Yeah, I think that's fair. That's a that's yeah, a good. I, I personally so far, I, I personally so far would give Tunic an eight or an eight point five. It's everything I wanted. Same. I, I, I think I do believe though, like. A lot, I've seen you complain about the combat and all that sort of stuff. My, my thing with Tunic was I've been waiting four or five years for it, super pumped because I just thought it was going to be Xbox's Zelda. What I didn't know until the recent demo came out was that it's Xbox's Zelda with some Souls slash Elden Ring in there. And that combined with the five-year wait is what made me be like, oh. but then... Upon playing the game, I discover that it has God mode and unlimited stamina. So I'm like, boop, boop, turn both those on, and it becomes the Zelda game I always wanted. And so, now I'm just loving it. So this is this is interesting, right? So I've, I, I marathoned the game. So 20 hours, I've probably put in a couple more after saying I wouldn't do another run. I started another run um, because I've got okay. two achievements left outstanding, and that's it. So what are those achievements, to- by the way? So, and look, if, if you're watching or listening and you haven't started Tunic spoilers, yet... Spoilers, spoilers. I'm not going to necessarily talk about spoilers because I'm not going to talk about plot. I am going to talk about puzzles, but I'm not going to talk about... The whole thing's not in English. Exactly. But there is a there is somewhat of a mystery to unravel here. So I'm going to be fairly cryptic because I, I, I find this really interesting. So you're talking about the the accessibility modes. And I think when I, when I look at Jesse's criticisms of the combat and I, I echo them, right. I feel very similarly that as I got stuck into it, there was lots of like, why did it lock onto that one? When I, you know, that's not where I was pointing. But the you use the or... right stick to switch them. Yeah. Yeah. You use the right yeah. stick and switch the lock-ons. It just, I didn't have a problem with the lock-on. It just didn't yeah, feel. But when you've got 10 things fighting you at once, it gets real rough. Yeah, it, it just didn't oh, feel I, perfect. Oh, and look, it's not I'm not complaining, but I think, and this is just an opinion, I think there are two games at, at odds here. Or maybe not at odds, but I think the developer perhaps thought, yeah, 
there's two people that would play this game. There's the people yeah. that want the, the brutal challenge, and then there's the people that love those old school Zelda elders. And yeah. I think that's why these accessibility things come 100%. in. 100%. Um, and I yep. don't think the game is worse for it. In fact, I think it's better because, you know, like I've got I've got a lot to get on with in life. That's and, right. And uh, when yep. I hit some of the difficulty spikes, I had no shame. All right? I'm going to admit it here live. Flick that on, hammer through it, turn it off again until the next difficulty spike if I couldn't overcome it after a couple of Admitting tries. Admitting what live? I'm playing the entire game like, with God mode on. And like I'm... And I, I think that's a good thing. And I think that it, you're getting a very different experience. You're playing now. Zelda. Not a Z, you know, platformy or Death Dory yeah. style type top-down isometric game. You're playing an exploration puzzler. And, yeah. and guess what? Even though I've great. got God mode on, I'm still upgrading my HP and everything. Yeah. Because I just love doing that stuff. It's fun. It's a really... Like I just like doing it. It's a really pretty. I'm very. I'm sad that there's no HDR implementation because the colors are so bright and vibrant. Anyway, it surprised me. Stunning that game. It's Stunning gorgeous. game. One of the best looking games I've ever seen. Yeah, it's it's really it's lovely. Gorgeous. But um, I I completed it. The and I think the biggest thing that I think is is worthy of praise that isn't the combat <laughs> is is the intricacy and the depth to and how deep these puzzles go and how linked everything oh my becomes. god yeah the level Look, design is unbelievable it's there bonkers. are hidden walls and paths everywhere yeah. i can't believe that i didn't find the shield until someone told me where it was like i had been in that old house a hundred times and i'm like man what what is the th this is locked? Why was this empty house locked? I'm like, why? That's so dumb. Yeah. And I'm like searching for this shield. I'm all in the east forest. I'm all in the west region. I'm in the atoll. I'm looking for this shield. I'm like, I found everything. I found the staff that shoots. I yeah. found the whip. I found, I'm like, how am I finding all this stuff and I can't find the shield? I don't need the shield. I'm in God mode, but I want the shield i like yeah. to collect my stuff in zelda games i'm like why can't i find this shield and i'm like i'm not going to guide it i need to find this shield couldn't find it anywhere went back into the well went back to all these other areas can't find the shield eventually i gave up so i'm asking in the discord i'm like where the hell is this shield and then it's james is like it's in the old house i'm like what so yeah man there's a hidden wall in the house i'm like oh my god and then I've gone and I've found it. And then it turns out that that links to this other area in the game. And I'm like, oh, my God. It's brilliant. Everything it, is so linked. It's, it's, it's just, like uh, little bits of Metroidvania, puzzles oh, yeah. within puzzles within puzzles. And, it's a and Zelda game. It is a Zelda some, game. To give you some fun clues, right, um, as you piece together this exquisitely designed manual, which oh, emulates. How good is it? How good beautiful. is it? It's it's almost oh. the highlight of the game, and I know that sounds strange if you haven't played. It's like this the yet. old video game manuals, and yep. and very specifically Nintendo's yeah. old video game the manuals. Gold like, on the outer and inner covers is is the Nintendo I haven't got, seal I haven't got all approval. the pages yet. I haven't got all the pages yet, but like as, as soon as I saw as soon as I saw all the drawings and the illustrations and everything, I was like, I don't know if. Many of you ever owned the Nintendo Game and Watch games? 
no. the boxes for them. They used to come with manuals too. And it actually reminded me more of the Game & Watch manuals <laughs> than it did the NES, NES manuals. If you, if you ever owned the Game & Watch games and the manuals that came with those, it was more like those. Yeah. Um, but I just love looking at it. Well, um, um, this is where it gets really yeah. interesting is because the game, again, if you haven't played it yet, I recommend you do. But the game has its own in-game language, which you can decipher. There is a way to read it, right? But it involves really? getting a notepad yeah, notepad and pen out. Oh, but yeah, you'd have to do, figure it out manually, yes. But here's what's really cool. Throughout the manual, as you uncover more pages through normal play, you'll start to find little notes in the margins and little hints at mm, things yeah, and locations. And, you know, mm. we were talking about, oh, I've got these grey doors and I can't get in, and they've got these kind of symbols yes. on them. I'm going to give you a clue. Yeah, go. The Holy Cross. It's a clue on the page in the book, so I'm not doing anything, but I'm just going to say the Holy Cross. Look at me fingering my pad delicately, gently. Yeah, I understand that. Mm. up down left right down down right left have a look at the pattern and then go from there yeah but those little gray doors are everywhere throughout the map mm -hmm. yeah like I, I went like i went into the west area and there's one of those gray doors right near the start of it where you can go from under or from above and i'm sitting there i'm like man there must be something i do later in the game that opens up all these doors in Just, one hit nah just stand in front of it, have a look at the pattern and think about the Holy Cross. And that's all you need to do. But this is where it gets insane. And 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 when I'm when I say insane, so I'm gonna this is a late game. It's not but that's really why I told people there's a lot of Elden Ring about it. Because Elden yeah. Ring's old school. People are like, have a notepad out and blah 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 with Elden it's, Ring. It's and this very is why I said that. to people, it's Zelda meets Elden Ring, like it's more gorgeous. than souls. It's gorgeous. Um, but as as you collect all these yeah. pages, there are certain pages that have other clues buried within them yes, that are maybe no, immediately obvious. And then right at the end of the game, you get a big clue. And then you have to sit there and figure this thing out to do this last yeah. thing. And it is absolutely – and, like, the intricacy – It's ridiculously old school. It is, hmm. I mean, hats off to the developer for this one. It's really clever and cool. Um, it's, it's ridiculously old school. It's off the charts old school because that's how we played games when we were kids. Yeah. We sat there. I used to put wrote, write notes in the manuals of yeah. the game sometimes. And I used to have a notepad to remind me of stuff. Like, I used to do that as a kid. Yeah. Um, unless I rang the $17 and, um, a second <laughs> hotline. Um, do you remember those? The hotline? Yeah, I rang, I rang the Sega and the Nintendo one many times. Oh, mate. Um, I've never rung a hotline. Thank God. No, I used to ring them and they were like so expensive. I got in trouble so many times with my mum. <laughs> um, but like I remember Jesse talking in the Discord about how it took him ages to figure out how to upgrade himself. But I was like, nah, the clue was in the manual. The manual showed you how to upgrade. Like, Did you know? And then you... Well... That you can combine the wand that you found with the fire shooter that you find. And if you assign them to Y and B, as an example, if you've got sword on X and you press yeah. Y and B at the same time, you'll do instead of a fire blast or an ice blast, you'll do a fire and ice blast remote. Like, so you'll fire it out like the wand does instead of the blast up close and short range. And then oh, you okay. can use. I've got the magic dagger, which is the ice one. Yeah. And then so I've got the staff which shoots the little bolts. Yeah. 
Yeah, so you can combine them by pressing Y and B at the same time, wow, and it'll fire a dual shot. Know. And it's just there's all little hints handwritten in the manual in here and there and everywhere, and it's yeah, it's just yeah. so well done. Yeah, oh. that, that's why I was looking forward to this game. I knew it was going to be a great game. It's just that the difficulty, Soulsy, Elden Ringy stuff threw me a bit. So then when I saw God Mode, I'm like, cool. Well, I'm just going to turn it into the game that I wanted and turn God Mode and Unlimited Stamina Mode on. And now I'm loving it. Like, yeah. And I'm still upgrading my life and I'm still doing those things that I don't technically need to do because of God Mode. But I just enjoy doing that stuff in games. Do you wish Elden like Ring it. had a infinite stamina and infinite health yeah mode? i really do you, you probably just... play it and explore every nook and cranny right probably <laughs> but right <laughs> now everywhere i go everywhere i go in elden ring i need to go back to it but like everywhere i go in elden ring is just blocked by a massive boss it's just blocked by a massive boss <laughs> it's just and the game, me boss like an game. idiot everyone keeps telling me everyone that i talk to about elden ring is like oh you chose bandit that's like choosing the hardest mode i'm like oh okay so i chose the hardest mode in a hard game and I just chose the bandit because it looked cool. Like, there was no other reason. I couldn't tell the difference between all the classes. To me, it all looked the same. I just like, in terms of stats and everything, it all looked the same. But I liked the aesthetic appearance of the bandit. So I just chose the bandit, not knowing Probably that I was making that. the game harder on myself. Yeah, I still I just... haven't played Elden Ring. And unless somehow it either winds up in Game Pass or someone gives me a code, I'm probably not going to try it. But the other game I played yeah. and finished this week, I've completed two games in this week. I mean, that's, wow. that's pretty marvellous. But uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, I, I started that it. last week. I started that last week, but I haven't beat it, no. And again, another game with some really great Good accessibility game. features if you get stuck. I didn't really need them. But what an incredibly great, well-written game now you're not going to appreciate cutscenes, but no, the more i played on. the more i played the more i thought this feels like playing one of the movies and i actually mm. thought by the end of it that uh particularly the peter quill character the, and rocket in particular were so well voice acted by their actors that you know yes the characters look different but it felt like playing through a marvel movie it had all the fun, all the laughs. The gameplay was great. The combat was fun. Um, it was imaginative. It was colourful. It was ridiculous in all the right hilarious ways. Talking dogs. Mm. I mean, yeah, yeah. I was genuinely, genuinely impressed and surprised. And yeah, what a sleeper hit from last year, and what an absolute great get for. It's for sad that it was. It was sort of overshadowed by the Avengers. Um, the debacle of the stellar service game. reception like yeah i feel like had guardians of the galaxy come out first yeah. like before like yeah. so, so it may not have been a smash hit but its reception would have been far better and i feel like it would have had one of those original crackdown moments so original crackdown everyone bought the halo 3 beta no yeah. one bought Crackdown. They bought the Halo 3 beta. Yep. And it was very clever by Microsoft at the time because Microsoft knew they had a good game on their hands, but they also knew that no one was going to pay attention to it. Yeah. So what did they do? They said, here you go, buy the Halo 3 beta, get Crackdown for free. That's what. Let's be honest, that's what people did. And then they discovered that Crackdown was this quite fun, amazing game. I feel like had Square released Guardians of the Galaxy first as a primer for the Avengers and framed it that way, 
I feel like more people would have given it that chance and talked yeah. about it and said, oh my God, Guardians of the Galaxy is actually a really great game. Like, oh, wow, wow, wow. But then what's happened is Avengers has come out first because Avengers is the bigger property. It wasn't what people were hoping for. I'm not going to bag it. It just wasn't what people were hoping for. Then it got dumped on for its games as a service stuff and how it handled a lot of that stuff. And all of a sudden, no one gave Guardians of the Galaxy a chance. It, I was, think it was tarnished by the Avengers. It was. I also don't think the first showing that Square did of Guardians of the Galaxy, that first trailer, I thought was awful. Like, I watched it. I was like, what is this? What are they doing? This is terrible. I don't remember it. It was bad. It was genuinely bad. But when you actually get into the game, you've got this incredible soundtrack. They've got this mm. great mechanic during the fights where it's like, okay, huddle up. And like, you, yeah, you yeah. give morale to your team and then you hit the cool music and finish out the fight. It just worked. It was so much fun. Um, yeah, I'm enjoy I went back to it and I'm enjoying it. Yeah, 100%. So Worth finishing. Um, Having um, reviewed both of them, the, the main difference with Guardians of the Galaxy is this is what if you only did the single player campaign in Avengers, it's on the same level as this in a different way. It's a little more serious, not as funny, but like the qualities there. And the thing they did there is the Avengers is constantly broken up by Square telling them it has to be like Destiny. And they didn't mm-hmm. do that in Guardians of the Galaxy. So they could just laser focus on the campaign the entire time and mm-hmm. it shows. Yeah. yeah, and it's 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 a great it's a great game. So certainly, if you're listening to this and you've looked at it and I did it in Game Pass, give it a download. It's definitely worth your time. Yeah, yeah, I really enjoy. I it. saw I'm someone, happy. I saw someone ask, "Is Tunic a family friendly game?" Not without God mode. <laughs> yeah, like my kids came in and watched me play it, and they were like, "Oh, look how cute the fox is! Oh, this game looks cool!" Because visually, it's a hundred percent a family friendly game. But then you play it and you realize it's a very old school. Like, it's a game I played as a kid, but back then games were different. Games back then weren't about accessibility and being family friendly. Uh, my, my kids or our kids aren't the same types of gamers we were because they are not growing up on the games we grew up on. Yeah. So, short attention spans. Not just that, like, I can turn God mode on and unlimited stamina mode on, but that doesn't mean they're going to enjoy the game because they've still got to figure out puzzles and they've still got to read that manual and they've still got to look for nooks and crannies. It's just, that, that stuff doesn't come naturally, I don't feel, to kids today in terms of their games. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I just... I don't feel like that comes naturally to them. No, I, I see. I see it in my boy all the time. It's like there's there's a lack of willingness to figure things out. Yeah. Where we, we yeah. you know, I, I couldn't go to my dad and say, "Dad, do this difficult part in a game for me," because he didn't play games. It was my generation's mm. thing. That's and right. And he's now like, "Dad, I'm stuck," and I'm like, "Go play something else, or keep trying." Like you've got two choices. Yeah. Because if you keep trying, you'll get better at it. And it, yeah, it's just my son did it to me in Odyssey. In. Yeah, he'd play Mario Odyssey, and then he'd be like, "Baba, come do the boss. Come do the boss for me." Always I'm want like, the, buddy. the boss. I'm like, buddy, come on, figure it out. Like, you know how to play this game. Like, look at what the boss is doing. Like, just figure it out. You'll be okay. You and we're talking about Mario Odyssey. Like, there's no real death. Yeah, exactly. In Mario Odyssey, I'm like, just do it, buddy. Just You'll figure it out, but ah, yeah, 
But yeah, really I good, mean, though. what what a what a great time to be playing games. Twenty twenty two is is off to a roaring start. Um, mm. And we recently got uh, a pretty good look at some upcoming indie games. I mean, Tunic it wasn't announced to be in Game Pass until it semi leaked, and then they announced it at the Idea Xbox Showcase. And they it was quite. Off. Come on. I mean, it was we, always going to be game pass. We thought it was for a while, didn't we? Um, but they ended yeah. up announcing a lot of games. And I haven't tried Shredders yet, which is the, the new snowboarding title that's out. Um, I've heard good things if you're into, you know, snowboarding. I've um, heard it's very sim-like and less arcade Oh, is so, it? Really? Yeah. Well, that, from the people that I've spoken to that have played it, they're like, oh, it's less arcade and a bit more sim. So it depends which way you want to go. Me, if mm. I'm playing a snowboard game, I want an arcade snowboard game. Like yeah. Snow Surfers on Dreamcast, 1080 on Nintendo 64. Is SSX wanna... Tricky the other one on Xbox? Yep, that's backwards compatible as well. Yeah. I think SSX 3 and Tricky are backwards compatible. Yeah, and then you I had think. Amped on the OG Xbox. Was OG Amped, Xbox, never it? played that one myself. Yeah, um, might have had a go a long time ago, <laughs> 20 years yeah. ago. But um, yeah, we've seen quite a few things announced and like, I'm not going to read them all out, but there was something like, I don't know, 25 games, but. Um, How long did that show go for? Uh, it was exactly just about two hours. Oh, that's not too bad. It, it uh, happened before no, I. It, it was up, a but... much better pacing than the, um, far better than the first one and a little better than the second one. The second one was fine. Yeah. So oh, it, okay. it's pretty good. But I saw a couple happened, of things that. While I was asleep. There was a wrestling game I thought of you when I saw it. Did you see it? That old school looking... WrestleQuest. WrestleQuest, an RPG, isn't it? Yeah. To become the best wrestler in the world. But you I don't it? know if I'd play that. <laughs> I just I just like the old wrestling arcade games, those old uh, Royal Rumble and all that sort of stuff. I'm not interested in the RPG stuff. I just want to wrestle. I, I still yearn for someone I yearn. to make... Uh, a newer version of one of those Nintendo 64 Aki wrestling games or like Def Jam Vendetta, yeah, like yeah. built on that uh, engine, like that. Uh, how, do, how do you, the wrestling engine itself, like the grappling and, and how it all, anyone who played and loved those games knows exactly what I'm talking about. All I want is one of those wrestling games sped up a little bit, modern graphics, modern flourish, all that sort of stuff, but still built off that wrestling model. That's yeah. all I want, and I'll play it forever. I'll play it forever. Maybe maybe, maybe one day soon. Maybe maybe they've nailed it in that particular game, but they've put some RPG elements in. Who knows? But um, I know we've done a, a preview recently for Trek to Yomi, which is coming from Devolver Digital. You can check it out on the channel now or out? on the website. Uh, not long now. It does not have a date. Oh, really? Oh. I thought it was later this summer. I mean, I presume if they're doing previews now, yeah, it's imminent. But they showed a lot in that trailer that was not in the preview. So I'm I'm interested because the preview was about 45 minutes of gameplay. It was pretty samey combat-wise. And then the trailer they showed at the ID at Xbox show was like way more stuff combat-wise that looked mm. really good. So I'm very interested okay. and jealous that Harmonica's reviewing it. <laughs> it looks great. I'm, hoping, looks really, really I'm hoping that's not a Song of Iron situation for me. Yeah. Like that that Song of Iron game, visually when I saw it, I was like, oh, how cool does this look? Like, yep. wow, blah, 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 blah. And then I played it and I was like, 
not feeling it. I'm it's immediately it. better playing. It's not the deepest thing at the start, but it's very quick. Oh, that doesn't matter. Every fight is a slash or two. Like every person oh, you okay. attack, they only take two okay. hits to die. And it's much snappier than Song of Iron was because when I played, everything was so plodding in that. It just, but yeah, okay. I'm, I was very impressed with the 45 minutes I got. The, the voice acting cool. and the story <clears throat> are phenomenal. And it's all oh, Japanese and like the, the lip sync is perfect and everything. It's, it was very okay. impressive. I'm seeing oh, people in the chat. Um, they're talking about there's an AEW wrestling game coming, and I think it's from a lot of those guys. Like, yeah, yes, that's, thank, they thank were getting the Aki team back together. Yeah, to I had it. heard that they are trying to make a wrestling game that is reminiscent of those games. Um, if if they pull it off, mate, I'm there. I'm there. I'm just gonna ah, that that wrestling model in No Mercy. WCW vs NWA Revenge, Def Jam Vendetta. It, it's the same model. Like it just, it works perfectly in wrestling. Like I played all the other wrestling games that tried to do their own thing. They all suck. I'm sorry, but they all suck. The wrestling game you love, it sucks. <laughs> the way these ones did it is perfection. It's, it's very, um, you could almost call it archaic, but it works for a wrestling game. Like, you know, you've got the button for grapple and then you've got your directions on the D-pad and depending on which direction you hold, with the move button you hold, it does a different wrestling maneuver. So I might do a suplex, I might do a blah, blah, blah. I might do a punch to the face. And each wrestler has a different thing. Uh, it was just, it was good. It was straightforward. It helped you understand the wrestler you're using and it it made it easier to switch wrestlers and know what you were going to get. Oh, I was just, it's such a great wrestling model that I'm shocked. Fan. Oh, it was, <laughs> they were so good. Like it's actually, I'm actually baffled that other wrestling games didn't just straight up copy them, the model. I'm, I'm baffled because it's just, yeah. One day. they were so good those wrestling games. They were maybe so maybe maybe this is the the dawn of that new one that you're gonna you're gonna get and love forever. So I hope so. Um, I hope so. The other the other big call outs I'd say from that idea Xbox show um, that I saw that kind of caught my eye. Um, I quite liked the look of um, the co op Escape Academy, which is basically escape rooms but in digital form. Oh, so wow. you play okay. it as a first person. You've got to figure it out together, and you've got a timer. Could be wow. a Google. Although I sense that after a while that playability might come down, but I'd have to look further into it to see if they're going to... Maybe a party game. Maybe it's more things. of a party game. Maybe, but I think it's it's meant to be all online and working together to figure stuff out. Um, but it could be fun at a land night. Could be, yeah. Could be a If giggle. you think about it, if you're having a land night with a bunch of buddies over and you all play this escape room game across could, all the different rooms laugh. in your house or whatever, it could yeah. be pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, um, that's what I mean. It's a really kind of interesting idea i mean it did bring back those memories of major nelson doing an escape room and i felt i felt intense pain yeah. but otherwise yes yeah, worth worth a look um so yeah that wrestle quest um but there were a lot there there's another one out at the moment which i think we've got uh amanda working on a review for which is paradise killer um but yeah it's just it's just games games for days isn't it lovely and I do wonder, because obviously we've got E3 coming up later on in the year or whatever E3 ends up being. Let's call it the Microsoft Showcase. Are we going to see something where we, you know, like how Tunic was the big <clears throat> indie game and then 
mm. when it was shown. And then, you know, you had Ori was the big indie game when it was shown. What's the next, oh, gorgeous indie game that we're going to see that's been cherry picked? Yeah. Because we've seen a few of them. Like, I know we've, we've, had, we've had, was it The Last Light or something like that? Um, yeah. There was one, there was the Pixar. Oh, the la- are you talking about The Last Night? The one that had a bit of controversy around it? Yeah, that one with the with mm. the weird developer views. Premise. And then there was another one recently that replaced was kind of... at last year, Thank but you. they're a they're uh they're affected by the current goings on in the world. So we're not oh. yeah. yeah. You'd be you'd they're, be they're surprised how much that's aff- like you, you think, oh yeah, Ukraine, Russia. It's affecting a lot. Yeah. It is affecting a lot. Like it's it's even somewhat uh, I've been told uh is that is this <laughs> the it it it's even affected an announcement of something potentially um wow it's oh well that's the thing it's one of those weird is it rumor mill but not rumor mill i don't know it's it's it is look, a world affecting event though either way yes it is affecting yeah. a lot more than people think even in relation to video games um but yeah the my, I feel like Microsoft's quite good at picking those games. Yeah. Those really arty, I love charming... That. Artful you know, Escape. The Artful, Artful Escape, Death Store, Tunic. Like oh. They're just really good at picking those... Um, those really arty, charming indie games, like yeah. I, I find. They're Do you quite know good we, at it. I need you to start your work on... I'd love to get Chris Charler on on the podcast uh, yeah. i had a brief conversation back when we started and he was like yeah and, and they've even got like a, you know direct messaging and, and i've got his email but maybe if we'll, we'll go via pr maybe put that request out there because it would be great to get him on to talk about how they I go feel like that i've got a funny feeling something like i remember messaging chris back on the gaff days back when neo gaff was you know and he was really responsive and I registered Friday at Xbox through him and we were chatting back and forth and all sorts of stuff. So I wonder if something happened where Chris has sort of pulled back from social media a bit in terms well, of responding to people on social media. Perhaps that. Also simply that maybe back then, you know, Xbox wasn't in the best place and there was more time. The idea Xbox program has grown immeasurably since. Maybe he's just really flipping busy um but maybe maybe he's a maybe nice guy though he's a super yeah, nice guy i'd love to get him on to chat and i'm sure the audience would like it as well um funny enough i'll talk to i'll talk to johnny to be <laughs> in touch with him <laughs> well <laughs> just let me know and obviously i'll send the official email once the conversation's been had yeah <laughs> um, we've got a super chat from jason we do jason uh yeah this is my mate jason congratulations on episode 101 episode 100 episode 100 is the conventional milestone Although 101 is huge in my opinion, Trula. <laughs> it 100% is true. Chase. I'm actually, I'm actually going to throw in ad lib uh, a little game later on uh, towards the end of the show that we'll, we'll play. We'll play Room 101. Did you ever play that or watch that show? It's a very British show. So it's basically you pick your ultimate pet peeve and you get to put it in in Room 101, which is like putting it in the bin. So you mm. you just talk through like the one thing if you could pick, and it can be as obscure as you like. And you just get to get rid of it and it's, you talk through it but usually they have celebrities on and they talk through like their top three things and the host has to agree via the argument of the person whether it is worth putting in the bin if they've got mm. a worthy reason or not it's just 
could have a bit of fun with that. But it would have been cool to do something Fallout themed for this episode. We realized that. We probably realized it around episode 98 and didn't really have enough time to pivot and sort something out. You got Phil last week. You're just going to have to just enjoy that. And this is just, you know, business as usual. Um, do you know what's cool that is happening this week coming? The Halo if you live, Yeah, if you're living in a place where Paramount Plus exists, you get to watch the Halo TV show. I've seen some mixed reviews thus far. Yeah, no. I don't and have I saw, a lot of I saw hope. a comment from the showrunners or the producers that had me like, oh. <laughs> what was the comment? <laughs> I'm like, that's probably not the best thing to say to people when you make a TV show based on a video game. <laughs> like, what was the comment? The, oh, look, I don't have the quote in front of me, so please Paraphrase. don't take this as me quoting. But the gist of what they said was, we basically didn't acknowledge the video game exists. And I'm like, oh, I don't know if that's a great thing. <laughs> oh, dear. Well, it's I'm funny. Like, <laughs> Having parent... said that, though, are you looking forward to my debut? Yeah. In I the am. Halo show? <laughs> which which Spartan do you look like now? I'm the Master Chief. I know you are, Pablo. Mate, I am the Master Chief. What are you talking about? You do look a bit like Pablo. Be fair. I mean, I was going to keep it secret, but then they revealed to everyone that I take my helmet off, so everyone now Everyone's knows I'm know. the chief. I'm looking forward to someone gifting something with your face on it at some point soon. Ah, uh, someone, uh, someone on Twitter, I think it was Infinite Umbra on Twitter, was like, "Yeah, we're going to need to see proof that you know you look like Pablo Shriver." I'm like, man, I look like Pablo Shriver. <laughs> the Here messed up nose and everything. What I do you think, audience? Like what was that? Yeah, put the picture up, Nick. Ah, oh, the picture up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm sorry. Look, I look like Pablo Schreiber. He's got a squarer jaw. You've got a, you've got a pointier chin going on. But the, the yeah, beard I'm, yeah, I'm a little similar. bit pointier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, although the beard does contribute to that. It's the way I style my beard that also adds to that. Um, hey, if I shave my beard off, you'll see exactly what my jaw looks like. I shaped this on purpose. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I hope you're all looking forward to my... Uh, starring role as the Master Chief, yeah, in the Halo TV series. It's funny. My I did parents, my best. I did my, my parents uh, grew, brought me up on sci-fi, so I grew up on you know Star Trek and and stuff like that. And uh, I read Isaac Asimov when I was a kid. All those kind of sci-fi mm. books and genres. And uh, they've been lamenting to me like over the last sort of eight months. Oh, we've watched everything. There's no good sci-fi anymore. Everything is so boring now. And then yeah. uh, Apple did Foundation, which was obviously based off of Isaac Asimov books, um, and they enjoyed that. that it's a bit, it's a bit wishy washy. The problem with a lot of modern sci-fi now, and the biggest problem for me with modern Star Trek in particular, is they've tried to completely go this serialized route where every episode is a continuation of a story. And I watched things like Star Trek Discovery and I'm just like, it's just everyone's crying every five minutes. Everything's about love. And I'm just like, no, oh. bring back the good old standard monster of the week. There's a problem on the ship. We're on a mission. We solve the problem in 45 minutes and we move on to the next but one. But that's what's good? great about the Mandalorian. It, yeah, that's, I agree. That's what's so good about the Mandalorian. That's why it works. It's, and it's, people that are making Star Trek need to pay attention. So when I know this is on Paramount and I know that there's going to be a larger arching overarching story i'm nervous i'm nervous that it's going to be about love and and master chief yeah, humanity and i, I just want it to be about here, shooting aliens in the face that we're cautiously optimistic like 
And I the reviews know. are only for episode one for most people, one and, and some had the first two yeah. episodes out of nine. Mm. Yeah. So. And I have seen The Expanse, if people are going to recommend The Expanse to me. Yes, The Expanse is great. Um, and it even started to get into the kind of really cool, almost felt a bit mass effecty in season three. I really, really enjoyed it. But um, yeah, if you are a Game Pass subscriber and you're living in the US or in any region where Paramount Plus is available, yes. which I think might only be the US, because it's certainly four more it's days. It's that. Uh, you get 30 days free with your Game Pass sub the day before the show starts so yeah. probably worth picking that up um we are gonna we, we're, we're looking into and we'll, we'll try and compile an article if you're not living in the u.s how and where you can watch the halo show legally um probably into um, the Caribbean. paramount plus is paramount plus is wikipedia actually has every country it's coming to listed and where it's going to be that's good it's I'm mostly sky in europe and the uk find someone with a plex so, server sky <laughs> cinema if you're a Sky Cinema subscribe, subscriber, you subscribe just get... to someone's yeah, Plex server or something. <laughs> Xbox Hero does not advocate for such things. Um, what else? I'm not telling what them else? to pirate. I know I'm you're not telling not. them to pirate. You're telling them to watch it on whoever else. If they have a friend it... with a Plex server, what? Well, that's not telling anyone to pirate. No, no, quite right, quite right. Um, but yes, I'm cautiously optimistic. I'm, I'm hopeful it's going to be some good fun sci-fi that i can well, we have it in australia too. we have paramount plus here which is surprising because we don't have hulu we don't have we don't have hbo max but we do have another service that accesses hbo max's stuff if that makes sense yeah it's called binge and binge usually gets hbo max's stuff but we and don't think get hbo max here that's what i'm hoping they're doing in the uk like you know amazon will pick it up or you know one, yeah, of, yeah, the, yeah. one of the providers so We'll see. Oh, we'll for see. you, John, in the UK, it's um, Sky, and it's a part of Sky Cinema, I believe. If you yeah, subscribe Steve, to that already, not, you just get I'm, ads for free. I'm, I'm not going to subscribe to Sky Cinema, so uh, I guess I'll have to wait. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, that's right. I've got a, a family friend that has Sky, and uh, they'll have a Sky login. I can share one of their things Sky. if Sky yeah. doesn't crack down on password sharing, like Netflix is going to do. Yeah, probably. How dumb is that? It's very like, dumb. Do these companies not understand how this stuff works? Like, the reason Netflix has two hundred million subscribers is because of the sharing. Yeah. Like, don't they get that? Like, don't they understand that? Are what they was... that stupid? Yes. Unfortunately, what was the phrase that um, Gabe Newell talked when he talked about Steam and piracy? He was like, it's actually more about uh, removing friction to access than about, you know, stopping people from doing it. If you make things cheap and easy to use, then they won't want to pirate. So we'll see. That's what I mean. Like, it's not... If, If they crack down on password sharing on Netflix, they'll just lose subscribers. Yeah, that's all that's going to happen, and then they'll probably increase piracy. Like, yep. it's just dumb. Like, let people encourage people to use multiple profiles, and then what you'll start to happen is you'll get more and more people subscribing, and then sharing amongst their families. You'll add subscribers that way. Like, I'm still waiting just... for because uh, I've got I've got a Spotify family plan, and you know, very similar. Like, I had people on that plan that weren't living with me and then suddenly 
like they stopped it all and they really cracked down on it. And even though it was my family, no, nope. sorry, they have to be in the same address. So I've downgraded my plan from a family yeah, plan. I mean. Like they don't get it to a to a duo. It. And it's just like it's so it's very silly. Um, in other news this week, Hogwarts finally got mm. its big unveil via a very short notice and surprising PlayStation State of Play. So it looks like they've picked up the marketing on this the marketing. one. Warner Brothers. Um, God, it was weird seeing the console worrying online acting like Hogwarts was a PlayStation exclusive. Of it's course like, they were. You guys get that it's not a, an exclusive, right? Like, you understand it's a multiplayer. Like, oh, it just, it's People odd stuff. But that, I mean, I look, I'm not a Harry Potter person, never have been. Um, I don't know if unfortunately is the right word, <laughs> but unfortunately, my daughter is a massive Harry Potter fan. Are you going to pick it um, up then? Huh? I don't know if I will. Um, 70 bucks on new consoles. Oh. More expensive. Maybe I'll... Well, it's supposed to be coming out in the fall. Her 70 birthday bucks. is 70 in the fall and... and then there's Christmas. So. Wow. But, but 70 Someone bucks and it. not supporting smart delivery then? Yeah, and I wonder no, if... No, Warner Brothers is all in on the uh, more expensive current gen. <sighs> so they don't have any smart delivery games, Warner? No, it can't be smart delivery if you're charging more for the... No, I understand that, but I'm saying, have yeah. Warner Brothers games done smart delivery games? They haven't put anything out in a while, so I don't think so. Oh, okay. I mean, I'm you just say... curious, like, is this part of the marketing or something? I don't know, but that's yeah. some sort of tinfoil hat stuff, but yeah. Um, but you, Warner I mean... Brothers is marketing everything through PlayStation. All their games, the two Batman games, are both PlayStation as well. So. It's interesting, right? Because, you know... You say you can't do $70 games if you're supporting smart delivery, but Sony did with Horizon Forbidden West. Mm. You could buy the cheaper version and get a free upgrade, right? So That, that was a one-off. Oh. oh okay. And we're, we're never doing that again. <laughs> you guys stop holding us to some sort of better yeah, ideal. You shifty gamers, you. <laughs> You're not doing that again. Oh, you know, I say that, Nick. I'm looking it up. Lego Star Wars Skywalker Saga is smart delivery. See? And that's, and that's why coming I'm out like, in is, under a month. Is, is like, I'm like, okay, tinfoil hat time. If it's PlayStation marketing, it's not allowed to support smart delivery. Yeah. Wow. Just, hey, I wouldn't put it past Sony. I wouldn't put it past them. To be like, nah, you're not supporting Lego smart Star delivery. Lego Star Wars is <laughs> Xbox advertising too. So Sorry? Wow. Lego Star Wars is Xbox advertising, from what I've seen. Oh, I'm just calling it as I see it. I'm just saying, like, it's... I wouldn't put it past Sony to have it in the marketing agreement. You yeah. ain't supporting smart delivery on this one and making it cheaper. Because it makes and it another really one, Back terrible. For Blood. Yeah. Back for Blood was smart delivery and on Game Pass and advertised see? by Xbox. I'm wow. telling you, man. I'm telling you. Oof. Oof. It'll be part of the marketing. That's shocking if that's the case. But I, I mean, it, as to the game itself, I was a, a Harry Potter fan as a, as a as a younger person. Never read the book. Um, never watched the films. I, I have very uh, hilarious memories of the last book coming out, Deathly Hallows coming out, while we were at a paintballing land with our gamer friends. We did a paintball event, 
and uh one of the guys was driving in and he was this huge harry potter fan and uh he ended up picking me he was like do you want me to pick one up for you i'll pick up another copy i was like yeah yeah, yeah. and then instead of socializing i spent far too much time just reading until like 3 a.m but i mean i finished it that same weekend um but yeah mm. it was a rush job smashes through all the books yeah my, my kids will get through all of them. but the game looked the game looked okay loves it <clears throat> it looked like it looked like a game that has had a very long development time <laughs> that definitely yep. started last year that's okay but it looks it it's looks just, i don't know pretty it's enough. a weird situation yeah the the whole thing with with the author um i and, know that's what i mean like the, the vitriol that's why that stuff is to me it's such muddy territory to talk about because i just find that too many people pick and choose their outrage moments like do you know what i mean like sony's marketing this game now and we all know about jk rowling but i feel like no one's really they're not gonna, it. and it's like, yeah the, people will just talk about the game and not about i guarantee you, you know you'll see I mean? plenty like, of outlets focus on her but the, th- the thing for me is yeah she wrote these books that are basically star wars with wizards Right, that's all they are. Like, if you actually mm. cut it down to it, you know, Voldemort is Darth Vader, blah 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 blah. Mm-hmm. You know, young orphan prophesized finds out he's got the Force when he's young, blah blah blah. Whatever, you know. Um, but they're just they're just stories, right? And they're so massive now. They've made such an impact on so many people's lives. Like, people are like, don't support the game because she's going to make money off of it. So. Like I'm not trying to no, it's just... like yeah, I get it. Vote with your wallet if you're that principled. But if you love the series and and you want to play the game, just play the game. She's not gonna but my care. Thing is, like, for example, right? <clears throat> so my daughter is ten. How how would I how would how do you suggest I explain to a ten year old why she shouldn't like Harry Potter and shouldn't support it? Yeah. Like, how does one suggest to me as a father how I convince my 10-year-old daughter why she shouldn't like and support Harry Potter? Do you know what I mean? Like, it's just, how far do you go with this stuff? Yeah, I'm, like, not, what... I'm not ready to demolish something my kids enjoy just because someone turns out to be an awful person. Like, my, my daughter, we talked uh, about it's... this with Jeff Grubb the other day. My daughter came to me yesterday and said, Daddy, Daddy, can you draw Blippy? And I started to draw Blippy mm. laying down with another man across the top no i didn't really do that but i was like no darling mm. we don't we don't we don't want to talk about blippy blippy's bad and he's like no he's funny how do i explain to my daughter That's why what i mean like i feel like a lot of the people that argue about this stuff online and get outraged a i wonder how many of them have children that are into this stuff and b you have to wonder how much of it is just for show and how much of it is performative like this stuff's not always black and white do you know what I mean? Like, it's not always so clear cut, and I don't know. It's just there's there's layers to this stuff, and it it's... requires nuanced, mature discussion. Yeah, rather it's, than it's hard to have a mature discussion because I could come in and be like, "I'm banning that. You're not playing it." But the actual thing she's watching, although I know the person behind it is awful. The thing she's watching seems perfectly educational and, you know, yes, irritatingly American in some ways, but otherwise mm. harmless, right? 
I'm not going to suddenly turn into a draconian parent over this mm. one thing because in the grand scheme, in two years' time, she's not going to have blippy posters on the wall, right? I will gradually dissuade. But <laughs> Tando in the chat, what's wrong with Blippy? Oh, Tando. Let's not go down that path again. <laughs> Blippy's a bad man. <laughs> but it's just that's what I mean. Like it's it's not that simple. Like I just look at look at Bluey now, right? The whole yeah. world loves Bluey. The yeah, whole amazing. world adores Bluey. What if it turned out that there was no, something don't real say bad it. about that? No, but no, I'm just saying, no. like, do you know what I mean? Like, do, you, do does that mean you just suddenly say to your kids, "Well, Bluey sucks now. We've loved it all this time, but now Bluey sucks." Like, it's yeah. I don't know. Again, maybe I, I'm probably not um, eloquent enough. I'm probably not intelligent enough to have this discussion properly. The only thing I know is that I don't think it's as black and white and as simple as everyone likes to make it out like there's a there's a real discussion to be had around separating an artist from their art there's a real discussion to be had about that and where do you draw the line where do you like mm. i just saw the best comment in the chat that i've seen in quite a while which is from shadowless edge who's just said because we need a bluey game how is there not one we do need a bluey game the art sure someone's working on it for sure someone's oh. working on one. Like, there's a Peppa Pig game, there's Paw Patrol, there's Ryan. Outright games, who seem to be the go-to developer for all these games. They're an Aussie developer, I believe. They're called Outright Games, I think. Yeah. They made the Paw Patrol games, they made the Ryan game. I think maybe even the Peppa Pig game, but I could be wrong. I'd, I'd be shocked if Outright Games aren't making a Bluey game. A I Bluey really game would be like... Mate, that's the exclusive Microsoft should be securing. You want to exclude? You want to get a big exclusive? You get the Bluey game. That's yeah. the one you get. Yeah, but yeah. Anyway, it's enough of that. Enough of that. It looks like an okay game. You know, if you're into Harry Potter, you probably have a good time. Uh, the combat Jeff, looked bad. Everything else looked pretty good. Kind of like Tunic. The, yeah, the problem with combat with a wand is it's you know. With a gun, you can replicate recoil and feedback. With a wand, you're just mashing a button and watching stuff happen. Like it's, you're not up close. Visually, it's very nice. Yeah. But I started reading about you've got to take classes and you've got to do this. I'm (laughs) like, go to school. I'm like, what? You're in a game where you have to go to school and take classes? I'm like, I said to my daughter, I'm like, look, whatever, maybe someone will get it for you for Christmas or your birthday because it's going to come out probably between those two events. So. Someone, I, I'm not going to buy it for her, but if someone else wants to, they can. Yeah. So, anyway, in perhaps a negative or a negatively slanted piece of news, or certainly at least everybody took it very negatively and had a little mini freak out, and there were lots of dramas on Twitter and all sorts the one, of things. The one that I teased on Twitter was, uh, yeah, yeah, I saw you tease it just before. And Andy it Robinson dropped. reached out to me. <laughs> <laughs> I got a message. Uh, I didn't know. I I just someone came to me. I got three sources reached out to me about that, about that stuff, huh? and and I was like, oh okay, can I just say this on Twitter? They're like, yeah, go for it. So I put out that tweet saying, oh, we might hear something not so great about the initiative in a second, and then Andy Robinson reached out to me. <laughs> it's like, where did you hear staff? about this? <laughs> Who on my staff told you about where did you hear initiative? about this? I was like, oh my god, sorry, was that is that I didn't know. No one no one mentioned you to me. So I apologized profusely to Andy, uh, because I did not realise. 
You did not mean to scoop the scoop. Um, no, I wouldn't have done that if I had known. No. If I had known it was coming from Andy, I wouldn't have done that. Um, We're going to have Andy on no soon, right? Me. Supposed to, yes. He keeps saying cool. he wants to jump on. Yeah, we could tell um, But yeah. Um, but yes, the initiative. So lots of levers um, of the of the 30-odd names that we saw in the initial kind of initiative trailer, 15 are no longer there. Uh, mm. I think VGC, Video Games Chronicle, they did a, an, an exclusive sort of deep dive on this. They've spoken to some of the former employees. Um, doesn't sound too hot over there. Um, and there have been mm. rumblings on this, you know, from Clobbrew on, on Reset in the Xbox OT um, over the last week or so before that news article dropped where they were looking at LinkedIn mm. and seeing, you know, these high-profile senior lead developers have moved on. And, and it seems that, you know, Although they provided comment that, yeah, we you know our work with Crystal Dynamics is great and everything's fine. You know, we wish our prior colleagues all the best from Daryl Gallagher. That there seems to be a little bit of a rudderless ship in some aspects mm. going on at the initiative. At least that's what the reporting seems to indicate, you know. Um, well, that's the way it's being framed. Yeah. Um, What's your take? So, What's your take on it, Nick? Well, you, usually in these instances, the truth is somewhere in the middle. Um, so I'm sure it's not all going swimmingly, but at the same time, I'm sure it's not all, they're about to shut down the studio. Like, I'm sure it's somewhere in the middle. Like we, we've always said that we were of the, we were of the, um, impression that the initiative was never going to be the actual AAA studio. They were going to be more of a world's edge I, I feel studio. like the right word is incubation. Incubator. Mm. Yeah. Like they put the little nest of the the idea, they fine tune all of yeah, the, yeah. the specific bits and then they go to this wider development team. But what happens to the core team that came up with all the ideas, right? And I yeah. think that's and where that, we're hitting that thing. roadblock. Like, and I think a part of this goes back to Microsoft still being bad at messaging. So with World's Edge, it's seen, it has seemed fairly obvious from moment one that World's Edge was going to work with other developers to bring games to life. So we've known from moment one that Relic were making Age of Absolutely. Empires with World's Edge overseeing. But the initiative wasn't sold that way. The no. people that, For the people that look a little bit below the surface, which I'd like to believe we do, we were like, oh yeah, the initiative will be like World's Edge. Like they're just going to be sort of the overseers and the project managers while another developer does the actual grunt work. But Microsoft's messaging wasn't like that with the initiative. No, it was not. They made it seem like, no, the initiative's doing all of it. They're yeah. doing all the development. And it's like, yeah, but your team is like 60, 70 people. How are you going to make a AAA game with 60, 70 people? Like it's not, that's not how that works. So for the people that understand how these things work, we all knew that the initiative was the overseer, like World's Edge. But the people that just take everything at face value are like, oh, no, nah, but you said this is the AAA, quadruple A studio. I think, I think if I think back to when they were first announced, it was my understanding that this team was eventually going to turn into a, a larger, you know, 150, 300 people team studio. Taking the and time they do... doing it if that was the case. Right, but things played out 
And obviously, you know, we got this announcement last year that Crystal Dynamics was partnering with them, which is obviously a studio owned by Square Enix. Um, Daryl Gallagher used to run that studio before he joined Microsoft. So the partnership made sense. It's with a team that understand how Daryl wants to run things, presumably. Um, But I think if you actually look at the name, you know, the initiative, right? We are taking the initiative. We're going to take their first steps. It makes sense. And I do think here that we've probably got a bit of a classic Microsoft messaging fumble. Yeah that has now Mm. bit them in the behind because outwardly, if you are an average participant in the video game world culture, you would have assumed they've built a new studio. It's the equivalent of 343. Yeah, all of of these Mm. kind of things. It's based, you know, they kept harping on that it's based down in in Santa Monica, right? It's down that way Mm. or down in California or whatever the case may be. Top tier developers, blah, blah, blah. They framed it as the next pivotal, mm. arty, super-duper. I mean, even the job descriptions are famously known for being quadruple-A, right? Mm. That was a, another terrible blunder from some recruiter. Quadruple-A does have a meaning in the industry, and that is a next-gen-focused triple-A title. That's what it means in game development from developers. And that may may well be all all well and good. But for the average person watching, oh, even higher than triple that, you know, it, it created yeah. this sphere of, of expectation that they're now having to oh, backpedal on and move around a little bit. And I also think that, you know, as with all things, and this is the reason they're acquiring studios with established teams and established workflows is making games is hard and just you can't just you can't just shove a bunch of super creative people in the room expect them all that's, to get along all to align of the issue and that's the crux like yeah. you can't like in the end right despite what people believe it's even the same of sporting teams right not everyone's going to get along there are human beings that don't get along with each other i know that more than most because so many people don't like me like it's it's just it's inevitable you can't and you can't just assume that if you take all this if you poach all this top talent from all these studios that it's all gonna mesh and it's all gonna gel that's why you're actually better off buying established teams as opposed to trying to build one yourself like if they've you, already got if their culture look, if you have a look at the at the studios microsoft has built from the ground up how many do they have that they themselves since getting into video games have built from the ground up turn the 10 coalition turn 10, turn 10 343 343 three. Three, three. that's uh, it yeah that that is it i think that's um, it i mean we've got one i dead. would argue of those three one is like top tier efficient gets the job done quick and on time you know great track record that's turn 10 yeah that is turn 10 and i've been told from people within microsoft that the dude that runs turn 10 alan unbelievable dude is unbelievable right and that is why you saw turn 10 pumping out those forza games yeah you know they're getting them out they're getting them out forza motorsport this new one i'm i'm expecting massive things you know why not that i care about forza motorsport I, don't, I think the last time I played Forza Motorsport was number four, and I didn't play it for long. <laughs> I, I'm not a Forza Motorsport guy. But just the things I've been told about 
turn 10 and Allen, who runs turn 10. Now that they're getting all this time, I'm expecting massive things from Motorsport. Yeah, I am too. O- only because I know how that good that studio is and how much time they are now being given. I'm expecting Motorsport to be off the charts good. And, and again, you know, I don't care about it because I don't play Motorsport. On that, just based on what I've been told and what I know about that studio, I'm expecting Motorsport to be ridiculous. If Gran Turismo fans have been having a hard time over the last couple of weeks, just just with the comparisons to Forza Motorsport Seven, they might be in for a horrible time when Forza Motorsport. Oh look, Let, let's not get releases. let's not get into that because the Gran Turismo Seven argument is is bizarre. Like, like cherry are, are picking people, bad screenshots. Are, cherry picking bad or cherry picking good? Well. <laughs> pick your definition which which team are you playing for i mean that's how i like, see it getting on twitter I, it, I just the only thing i'll say about gran turismo 7 this is the only thing i'll say and this is me being as straight as possible now correct me if i'm wrong i believe gran turismo 7 is the first time polyphony polyphony however the hell you pronounce that name Gran Turismo 7 is the first time Polyphony have developed for two platforms at once. I believe so. Correct. Please correct me if I'm wrong. Chat I, I or think whatever. Right. Anyone... I think you're right. That's all I'll say about Gran Turismo 7. It is the first time that Polyphony are developing for two pla- have developed and released for two platforms at once. Gran Turismo correct. 1 was PS1. Gran Turismo 2 was PS2. Gran Turismo 3 was PS3. 4 was PS3. Five was PS. Gran Turismo two was PS one, and then wow. five. Gran Turismo two was PS one. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Long time ago. I've got one of the Gran Turismos. I can't remember. Um, but each one has been for one platform. They've yeah. never done mm-hmm. a cross-platform dual release before. True. And they already weren't the most efficient studio at Sony. True. So that's all I'll say about Gran Turismo Seven. Take that as you will. Yeah. But it's something to consider when, because, uh, yeah, uh, anyway, it, it's something to consider when debating about Gran Turismo 7, how it looks, what it's doing. Yeah, apparently it was offline for over 24 hours. Yeah. That funny? Yeah. Whoops. Plenty of games to play, guys. If Gran Turismo 7's offline for a day, it's okay. It's one, yeah, it's yeah, one it's day f- over years. It's okay. It's, like, yeah. it's really not that big a deal. It's, it's, it's okay. And to be fair, PlayStation have had one hell of a Q1, right? So, like, yeah. go play all the other. Well, well yeah. Apparently, games. there's so many bangers to play. It's okay if Gran Turismo 7's offline for a day. That's fine. I understand the frustration, but it's okay. It's it's one it's just, day. It's just video games. It's okay. So, for that one day, go play Horizon or go play something else. It's all right. Like, it, I. I don't know. Pick and choose your battles. Like, I don't know. The I'd... battle on Gran Turismo is around the microtransactions more than anything. Yeah, I and saw that they released a be. patch to make things more expensive. Yeah, mm-hmm. and they waited till after reviews before releasing that patch, didn't they? Funny that, isn't it? Uh, I, I'm, no, there look, were I'm no sure microtransactions during, during review period. There were no, you, no microtransactions, so no one knew anything about the system. Wow. Yeah, I, look, I'm, I'm sure that's anymore. just purely a coincidence. I'm sure that wasn't intentional at all. No. Um, yeah. they, they wouldn't do that. 
Heaven forbid. Still didn't crack 90. But anyway, I'm sure that wasn't intentional. And you know you know what happens. If a game doesn't crack 90, it must just be the worst game of all time. Game pass folder. That's that's for yeah. all the games that don't if crack 90. If you don't crack 90, 90 then you're, you're, you are just the worst game that's ever been released. I mean, you may as well have cancelled it. What's yeah. the point? Um, but yeah, so slight tangent. But uh, the initiative, look, at the end of the day... It's not that bad. It's not as bad as things may seem. The actual game itself is still I mean, full that's development. That's a lot to lose, large... though. 34 out of like around 80 is a lot to lose in a year. Sure, but you've got to wonder how that would work. One studio's here, the other studio's over there. Uh, you're the ex number, ex senior lead. Well, there's a senior lead over there. What happens with this job duplication? He's going to be calling the shots because he's got the full team. And behind that's what him. I mean. Like, once Crystal was brought on. So, How many of those roles are still needed at the initiative? Yeah, I have a feeling it's going to ebb um, and flow. You know, I think it's going to ebb and flow as a team, and until until they either go full or they'll just continue to be this kind of incubation just, group. You know of what? Some description. You know what? Just just acquire Crystal Dynamics and merge them. Boom. Problem solved. Problem solved. Just acquire Crystal and merge them. Job done. Just take. Just take all the crap out of it. Just don't worry about it. Just, I mean, it doesn't seem like Square really wants them. <laughs> like, like seriously, it doesn't seem like Square really wants Crystal anymore. <laughs> just, just take them off their hands and merge them into the initiative, and just call it Crystal Dynamics. Like, don't even worry about the name initiative. Don't even worry about it. They haven't so, even put out a game yet. Here's just here's a question. Call them here's Crystal Dynamics. Perfect Dark, I mean, we hoped we would see some form of gameplay this year with a release in 2023. Do you think that that is now off the table and we're probably looking no. at... You reckon? No. Still, I still think it's possible. I'm not, saying, I'm, I'm not saying one way or the other it's happening or it's not happening. But the problem is, without knowing the timelines of everything, because remember, what they what they show us isn't always no, the reality. Absolutely. It, so they announced Crystal was on whenever it was. When was it? September, October, something like that. They announced it at the Game Awards, I think, didn't they? Oh, was it? The, oh, was there, it was around then. It could then? be that it could be that Crystal was actually there a fair bit earlier. Yeah. Um, and it could be again. We we don't know the full story. So, is it a case of Perfect Dark's going in a certain direction, certain direction, certain direction? Some leadership were like, oh, don't know about this direction anymore. Let's go in this direction. There's people are butting heads. The people in the existing direction win out. People start going. Crystal gets brought on to continue the existing direction. In which case, it should be ready for gameplay reveal. Yeah, You know what I mean? Like, they were the... announced um, September 30th is when it was announced. See, it was September. Year, so there you go. Ago. So... It all depends on what was happening behind the scenes with Perfect Dark. Like, was it a case of some people didn't like the track they were on, left, but they're still on that track, but now Crystal's brought on to fast track that track? Yeah. In which case, maybe we do still see gameplay. Um, the stuff that was described to me about Perfect Dark sounded great. Hopefully, that's still the track they're on. Like, if you see the people... How do I? I'm worried about how this is going to sound, and I don't mean it the way it might sound. But if you look at a lot of the people that have left, they are ex Sony first party people. 
this is a first person game. <laughs> so I wonder. I'm just no, no, no. See, and I know, that's why I said I know this is how I know how this is going to sound. I get it. I'm just saying that if so, they they told us fairly early on that this was a first person game. The stuff that was described to me was all first person combaty stuff, which sounded really cool. I think I tweeted out, think John Wick esque, and yeah, it's very John Wick, John Wick slash Mirror's Edge. Yeah, makes sense. Um, but if maybe some people decided that wasn't a great direction and maybe they should make it a third-person stealth action game, which for the record is what I said I always wanted this new Perfect Dark to be, by the way. I always said I did want it to be a third-person stealth Splinter Cell-y action game, for the record. But if some leadership wanted it to change direction and others wanted it to stick to what they were on, then Some butting maybe... heads. That, that's what I mean. Yeah. And if you look at a lot of the people that have left, it's the people that were formerly at Sony Studios. Yeah. Who have now returned. Like, um, what was his name? Drew Murray. Was from Insomniac. Yes, Drew Murray. I was from Insomniac. Yeah. So, again, this is just me speculating and putting pieces together. I don't know anything. But, yeah, that, I'm just saying it looks a bit like that. Yeah. Six so of one and half be, dozen you know, of the other, perhaps. Um, yeah, but yeah, that's the initiative. So we, I did notice, and uh, I think we we forgot or we didn't see it. Uh, we got a super chat from Supernova. Um, I'm, uh, if you Microsoft want, I'll allow you to scroll. Yeah, yeah, Microsoft conference this year. Will it be better than 2021 in terms of revealing new games? And what are your expectations for the reveal? Pretty high. Hmm. Pretty I high may have seen year. something to do with this. I'm not going to say, but I may have seen something to do with this year's like information i mean i don't mean yeah. saw anything as in shots or videos i mean as in i may have saw some information about stuff for this year that if it comes to fruition should be good yeah i'm i'm pretty um, confident they'll have a ridiculously good show this year and they normally have pretty good shows but this year the focus, of... the focus will be the, the focus will be um starfield starfield well, focus what a fantastic segue because they did show oh, yeah. some Starfield stuff this week um, with they a did. new video for the Wanderers. And, I, and I'm still not overly interested in the game. Do you know what? <laughs> I'm still not interested. And the more that they tease it in this kind of very low and slow burn, you know, talking about the scale and the scope and the human and the interaction and, and the, the universe. The more I'm like, come on, please be good, please be good, please be good. And I want, I, but if it turns and, you know, it, underneath all the glamour and the glitz, it's another long-winded, grindy RPG. I don't know. I, I did but not like. Isn't that what you're expecting? I'm expecting that. Yes. That's part of the reason I'm not interested. I'm also expecting something a little bit more refined and streamlined. And look, I, I allow, and I'm human, all right, I'm allowed to feel this way. I allow occasionally video game marketing hype cycles to just get to me. And Elden Ring, you know, it's trying to penetrate my shield. I'm seeing all my buddies playing it in in, in our sort of WhatsApp chat. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, no, oh, Tunic's pretty good, guys. I yell from, from behind Tunic as they're all bashing away in Elden Ring. But Starfield, I think, 
in the scale and scope of it, this is the first new IP from Bethesda. You know, we had Phil on last week. He was talking about how it would be remiss of him not to talk about Starfield because it's a new IP from Bethesda. And it's sci-fi and it's grounded sci-fi and it, it ticks so many boxes for me. And watching the them just talking about what they want to achieve, you know, I'm excited. I want the game to be for me. I, I want to finally have mm-hmm. this be the everyone has their first Bethesda game. I think, you know, anyone I've spoken to, oh, for me, it was Morrowind or, you know, Skyrim yeah, yeah. Or, or Oblivion, da, 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 Fallout 3, whatever. Everyone's got one and I still haven't. Like I've tried all of them. I've bought some yeah, of them same. and I've just bounced right off. So if Starfield can be my Bethesda game, I would be a very happy man because it's the right genre. I, I will say, visually, oh. it looks very strong. Mm. Like, like I've, I've seen, yeah, I've seen all of Bethesda's games, yeah. and they're not visual showcases, and never really have been. That's not what Bethesda's game. Like, even as someone that doesn't play Bethesda's games, I know what they're known for, and being visual powerhouses is not it. Yeah. Um, having said that, Starfield looks like it might be that. Yeah, um, I'm very hopeful. But again, is the footage they're showing us gameplay? Is it? I think uh, it looks it looks animation wise gameplay because they, like that they don't robot have... clip, that four yeah. second robot clip looked like it could have come straight out of the game. Yeah, yeah, I think it did. He walked up to it. It spoke to him. Uh, her, sorry, because the main protag's female. I think you can on... choose. Doesn't doesn't matter what oh, you can do. You? Oh, it's an RPG. That, that's what they talked about in this oh, show. Okay, just all the marketing was showing a female and... protag, so I just assumed. Yeah. Um, so it looks like your character is walking up to the robot, and the robot talks back. So that looked like it could be from gameplay, and if it is, whew, yeah, what a game, what and... a good looking game. I, I'm but, looking at a chat. I can see Token from the team saying, oh, I'm going to be disappointed if I expect streamlines. They're talking about expanding dialogue trees and character creation. That's not what I mean. I mean the Bethesda jank, right? And I think you will know what I mean when I say Bethesda jank, that their games are notoriously buggy but beloved, right? And I'm talking about removing all of that stuff. And You know, the hope is, I think... Quite some time ago, I can't remember who, I think it was Todd Howard, he was speaking to some journalist, he was talking about, yeah, right now it's ready, you can play it from A to Z, and it's done. Mm. But they've had all of this extra time to really polish this to a mirror shine. And that's what I mean by refined. Like, I want to see that jank be at an absolute minimum. And I get that these games are so vast with so many cogs and turning wheels and everything else. And the engine is so complex and it's layers upon layers of different systems all running at the same time. And it's going to break any second, but if they can really refine it down, I want it to be my Bethesda game. I'm very excited. You know what we've been forgetting to doing? What we've been forgetting to do? Pulling in super chats and making them relevant to the subject. Yeah, I know. There's a a community question here that relates to Starfield, but there was one about the initiative. I know. There was one about Tunic, and we we screwed up. We're only human. Oh, man. I'll I'll read this one from um, Cade Forever. That's to do with Starfield. Cool. Uh, Cade Forever. Hello, crew. So Ashley Cheng, Bethesda. Last year told the Washington Post that Starfield is the Han Solo simulator. Do you think this means that spaceships won't be loading screens to make it feel like you were traveling to planets? 
but rather you get to fly the spaceships across the galaxy as a badass space warrior with ship combat. Thanks. And may the wait for Starfield be as short as Nick turning his back on Elden Ring for Tunic. Your loving friend, Kate. You know what? Yeah, I think any any sci-fi game that is focusing on settlement and colonization and exploring the galaxy has to have real-time ship traversal. Uh, I would be, and I don't know, but I would be very, very surprised if they did a destiny they, and made the ships the loading screens because that would be uh, awful. You know, if no man... How close are the planets going to be to each other? Well, you can just have someone flying in real time for hours. No, I'm thinking of like the way Elite does it. They have jump gates or, or, or oh, okay. you jump you jump star to star and you use them as gravitational things. But you there's lots something... of ways to do a flight model. Yeah, but you'd need something between those two planets like to make those flights... Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And worthwhile. Yeah. Otherwise, they're just holding down a trigger to fly and waiting to get to the planet. <laughs> like, there should be something... That's probably why they just do it as a loading screen. But theoretically, with these SSDs, you shouldn't need those loading screens. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. And and this is the thing, right? Uh, I look at... If, if, if studios like... And I know that it took them a while to really make it what they kind of originally sold it as with no man's sky um but hello games can do from surface to space real time um in so many different ways if if a studio can do it to that degree like bethesda can mm. yeah i mean even if it's a curated galaxy and we're not talking you know elite dangerous is an example where it's all procedurally generated right it's very different if if it's all handmade and hand painted or to a degree hand painted, fine. Even if it's smaller, but if the scale of everything is there, with hub mm. worlds and space stations and random encounters in space, as you say, and distress calls and oh, the the, the imagination goes wild. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm excited. I really really do want that reveal to be everything that is is slowly being built into. And I think the fact that they are doing, and this is rare for Microsoft a slow burn marketing reveal with these very talky pieces talking about the art and how it makes you feel and blah, 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 blah. I think they know that they're onto a winner. I think they do know they've got something special and we'll find out. Well, some people summer. use the Sony, some people use the Sony money hat guide as whether it's a good game. <laughs> did Sony try so and buy it? Sony tried the money hat Starfield. I guess they knew it was a great game. I mean, look at <laughs> Deathloop. Deathloop turned out to be a great game. Yeah. Having, uh, do I say what I was told this morning potentially about Ghostwire Tokyo? I've heard lots of good things about Ghostwire Tokyo as well. Have you? Uh, from the previews, yeah. Lots of positive buzz. Okay. okay. Fair enough. That was a very uh, weighty pause there. But okay, we'll leave It's funny, it. I'm seeing a community question now about GT7 and Forza. I'm so, <laughs> we, oh. we screwed. We screwed up, Chief. We 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 were so excited off of episode 100 that we rolled into episode 101 with no preparation whatsoever. Um, but yeah. So, I, and speaking of game engines and complexity and everything else, there was a, an interesting piece, and I'm not sure if you saw this, that came out of GDC this week. Well, um, I did see it. I'm the one that pointed it out, and I, I want to talk about this because I feel like no one. Is talking about this like and i get why 
because you know gamers trademark copyright registered trademark don't like talking about stuff that's not super obvious to them and isn't about graphics and isn't about this and is about but I don't know like I, I read this story out of GTC and my it made me raise my eyebrows a little bit so and as far as I know we might be the only people talking about it so Ubisoft at GDC revealed something called Ubisoft Scalar. I assume that's how it's pronounced. S-C-A-L-A-R. And, you know, I read all about it. I saw whatever, and I still can't fully wrap my head around what it is, 100%. But I understood enough where I'm like, I reckon this is a bigger deal than people might think. Yeah. Like, it, it's it's effectively from what I could gather about Scalar, it's a it's a backend technology that allows and it's cloud based and it allows for bigger worlds, better social engagement with customers. It allows games, I think, to even potentially be changed in real time and all like this. If you read up about it, there's some pretty interesting stuff behind it. The The reason I found this so interesting is because not that long ago, there was talk of Ubisoft were like, oh, we, we'd be interested in being acquired potentially. It was only like a month or two ago. They were talking yeah, that I think there was, there was uh, the, the owner, uh, Guillermo yeah, or whatever his name open... is, he was talking... He was talking, whereas before they were fought off all the Vivendi acquisitions, they were like, eh, you know. The For the right change. offer, yeah. <laughs> and I just, I saw this tech and I'm like, there is no way known there isn't a big publisher that wouldn't be interested in this tech and using it. Yeah, so. Just from uh, what I've seen. Like, let, let's, we're Xbox era. So let's take the, let's put the Microsoft hat on. I look at this tech and I'm like, there is no way known Microsoft wouldn't be interested in adding this to GameStack. Yeah, something so like an this into GameStack. Piece of the tool set that they can provide. It's it's, it's cloud based as well. Like they'd add it with Azure or whatever. And like I just I look at that and I'm like, man, there must be some big publishers who are looking at tech like that, and then they look at all of Ubisoft's IPs, they look at all the studios, they look at and be like, mate, you know what? Maybe it is worth nabbing ubisoft maybe it is worth it i mean it would <laughs> considering the amount of uh what's the phrase uh monopoly cries that we heard over an unmonopolistic move of, of activision purchasing it'd be one hell of a ballsy oh, and, move. and i'm not saying mike i'm just saying no, just general i said a major publisher amazon would be interested as hell as well yeah, I was going to say Amazon might be one. But I mean, I, I know. Yeah, they, yeah. Amazon would be interested lumber, as hell because they're, they're a cloud on. provider and yeah. they're probably tired of using uh, Crytek's Frankenstein lumberjack version of their engine. And like, I reckon Amazon, look, Ubisoft would actually be a great fit for Amazon because Amazon has F all studios. If they buy Ubisoft, they suddenly have like 57 yeah. studios that can work on games. And some of the biggest IPs in the world. I, I, again, this isn't me saying, oh, Microsoft's buying Ubisoft. I, I'm just saying that I'd be shocked. From a technology like, perspective. This, this, from a tech perspective and all this metaverse talk and all this. 
like all these big tech companies are now suddenly loving the metaverse and they're all about the metaverse now including microsoft to me that that the way i'm understanding scalar there's a lot of very metaversey big social world type um implications here with this mm. tech as well as traditional open world games and all that sort of stuff but as soon as i saw that i was like man with all this metaverse talk and with everything like that i'd be very surprised if one of the big tech giants that are in games like apple like microsoft like amazon google the only reason I say Google less so is because Google look like they're getting out of it. So th- I would have said Google two years ago, but Google now, probably not. Well, their Stadia backend is being pivoted more towards hosting games as a backend streaming service. So the yeah, only question they're not I have buy is... buy Ubisoft and all those no. studios and all that IP just for that tech. No, that's true. But, but for a tech giant that is in games like Microsoft or Amazon, it's a real good proposition. I do wonder. I wonder what their their tech's back end is built on, whether it's AWS or Azure. Um, That would be interesting. Yeah, it doesn't specify in the in the articles we've got, but but but, um, but I know in the same way we we speculated that Orion was a bit of an inspiration for Microsoft to go after Bethesda because of that streaming tech. To me, this looks like a similar thing. Again, not necessarily Microsoft, although I'm sure Microsoft would be interested in that. I'm just saying that in the same way, I'm sure Orion helped Microsoft over the edge with wanting Bethesda, because they're like, oh, look, not only do we get these studios, not only do we get these IPs, we also get this streaming tech, which helps xCloud if we implement it. Amazon or Microsoft might look at Ubisoft and go, okay, well... Amazon especially, because they have like no studios. So Amazon's like, well, we're getting all these ready-made studios that are set to go that can pump out games. We have all these IPs like Assassin's Creed and this and that and the other. And we get this cool back-end cloud tech that we can use for our games, but license out as well. Yeah, it's a super interesting one to keep watch on. There's there's always an element with this stuff. And and I know, you know, folks watching and listening... We all heard 2013, power of the cloud, blah, 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 blah. I think as developers have become accustomed to what cloud processing can do, this isn't talking about power of the cloud in that sense. This is talking about using the rendering power, the computational power of that cloud to to build bigger and better and faster to allow the things that we like to play within those worlds. But also the connectivity as well. Yeah. The connectivity aspect. Like I read something in there. Yeah. I read something in there about them being, (coughs) sorry, about them being able to change a game in real time to respond to the players. Yeah. And stuff like that. Like, and and that's why I just like, yeah, with all the metaverse talk and all that sort of stuff, I just found that all very interesting and I, I i noticed that like no one was talking about it saw a couple of articles and that was it um i just i don't know i just wonder if now there's a lot of bigger companies now looking at ubisoft hearing them say oh now maybe we'd be open to it for the right offer and now going oh well hold on like joey looking at monica with that pie you know maybe maybe microsoft's having a look going oh 
what you got over there? <laughs> is, is that some not cloud the... tech over there? You got some cloud tech? Oh. Not the meatloaf And then Ubisoft's pie. like, you want some? And then Microsoft's just, just, just cut me a little slice of it. A little bigger. No, I thought it was bigger. The, meat, the meat trifle. The meat trifle. Yeah. Tastes like I meat. like it. <laughs> anyway. That reminds uh, me. We had a super chat from Faisal last week that we did not read out. It was the only super chat we missed. Wow. Um, and I've been meaning to mention it this week because I felt really bad. Um, but yes, Faisal, I can't... The super chat was... The gist of the super chat was congrats on 100 episodes. But yes, I feel bad that we did not read it out. So Faisal, if you're watching right now, I'm sorry. We There was a lot How of bad. super chats and they kept going. And it, it was, was crazy. hard to get back. <laughs> so, I, and I do believe that was the only one we missed. Yeah, I think I we believe. did We did pretty good on keeping on top of them, thank God. But uh, So I'm hey, saying it now. You know what? Do you know what time it is? Oh, man. Do you, do you know what time it is? Do you know what time it is, I don't is, know chat? how people are going to react to this. Let's do it. I've got the words out. It's the rumor mill. We've never heard that before. It's the rumor mill. Things change, we can't be sure. It's the rumor mill. You know they may not come true. The Xbox Era podcast is not responsible for websites presenting these rumors as facts. The rumor mill. Uh, they probably could. T- they could probably hear us talking over that, couldn't they? I have no idea. No. Are you oh, sure? Well. Because they could hear us talking over last week's videos. Yeah, because I had it set up very differently, so you could hear the video. So I had to use desktop. Oh, okay. okay. Back to the you normal did. setup. It made it made some of those videos funny, though. It did because <laughs> it made some of them. I felt bad, like the ones that were only in the left channel. We were talking over it, so you couldn't hear the video. But yeah, the then there were others one. that were quite funny. <clears throat> yeah, the cog one. Yeah, I, I fixed bad. cogs in 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 post. Oh my god, that reminds me. Version. I never. I was going to upload all those. I need. To, I need to do that. Yeah, stick stick them the individually video. to the channel. Yeah. Oh yeah, and the fill segment. <clears throat> I need thumbnails. Um, in so this rumor mill's a weird one. Like, look, I'll be upfront here. I have received so much stuff lately that I've been overwhelmed with it. I've forgotten about a lot of stuff. Um, and yeah, uh, I don't know where to go with this. This this is something very short. A lot of people are going to be like, oh, is that it? But it's interesting nonetheless. And it's all I can say. Remember, I, I'm i the dummy. They're the ventriloquists. So I say whatever they tell the puppet to say. Okay. Um, so... All, this is the only thing, and this is this is Xbox related, so people will be a little bit happier. All I was told that I'm allowed to say is that this year, sometime this year, or I should say maybe sometime this year, because there's a lot of stuff delaying things lately, whether it's the Ukraine situation, still COVID issues, uh, chip shortages, all that sort of stuff. So I'm not going to say it's definitely happening this year, but... I've been told it should be this year, please, for anyone starting Reddit threads or writing articles. I'm saying it should be this year. <laughs> because that's what happens, man. I know, and I know. It's, I've got to be careful how I word stuff. Xbox currently has some hardware to show that... <laughs> they've got some hardware that they're... 
they want to show or that they're going to show that falls into a different bucket than people are probably expecting. Interesting. Now, that's, that's we, it. I said it's very short. It's very... Do we theorize on this? Oh, I, I know what it is. I, I, I say, I say what I'm allowed to say. I don't, like, remember, I'm not... That's I'm what not I mean. Do I Clever enough. I, I just say, I see the words, I see the script, I read the script. It's part of the script. Um, and that's it. I just give the script. Now, I'm seeing the chat say VR, and I'm like, uh, nah, no, no. Well, again, I'm not saying one way or the other. <clears throat> I'm, I'm not I, saying I mean, one way or the other. And to be clear, but there's been I rumors of a lot of stuff, hasn't there? So there there's been talk of a streaming stick. There's been yeah. talk. There's been a lot of VR discussion. There's been portable talk. There's mm. been all sorts of stuff. I'm not we saying because those... I'm not we allowed saw... to. Yeah, we saw those project names uh, from last week. We Keystone. saw all those project names like Keystone and all that. Uh, again, I'm only going to read the script as it's been provided to me. Hmm. I have been given a lot of stuff and I'm just not sure 100% on the stuff I'm allowed to say, not allowed to say. Um, there's something I do want to say about GoldenEye that I was told, but I'm not 100% sure yet because it relates back to the shows I mentioned, May and September. Yep. And I'm not 100% on a May and September show, so I don't know if I want to bring up GoldenEye in relation to those shows if the shows aren't 100% locked in. Can Fair. I ask a question? Yeah, you can. And Jesse might need to Google something very quickly. When is the anniversary of GoldenEye? When is it? Do we know? 1997. No, no, no. I know it's the 25th. I know this is the 25th anniversary of GoldenEye. I'm talking about more specifically like a month. Uh, August. August 25th. Because that's what I was told. Oh, fuck, I'm just going to say it. So that's what I was told. I was told that the plan, and remember how I said earlier, Ukraine's delaying some surprising things. Yeah. I, I was told that the plan is to announce GoldenEye at one of the shows, probably the first show, because if, if, the, second, if the second show really is September and the anniversary is August, if they want to release too, it... yeah. If they want to release it on the anniversary, then it can't be at the September show. It would have to be at maybe the, the, the May or June show. So the plan was to announce GoldenEye at the upcoming show, the major show, whatever that is. And then I think release it for the anniversary. Yeah, and that makes um, sense. Yeah. Um, but, but I think... Yeah, it, I, I, I'm reading the DM now. I've brought it up now. I found it while I've been talking. <laughs> <laughs> they say that the... They literally say here that that Russia-Ukraine stuff has potentially affected it, potentially. But the stuff that hasn't changed is Xbox PC Switch. I've always said that. I've said it on Twitter. Yep. I've said it on the show. It's, yep. it's going to be an Xbox PC Switch game. Um. But in terms of release and in terms of announce, yeah, I, I think the plan was to release it 
for the 25th anniversary. Goldeneye. God, I, I can't um, wait to play that game again. Oh my god, I'm dying. I'm dying to play that game. Must be so much um, fun. Yeah. The other thing I, I was told, and I think we've mentioned this before, was that, again, the plan, I don't know if they implemented it or not, but the plan was for cross-play between the be three lovely. platforms. Uh, the three platforms, two pla- I don't know if it was just Switch and Xbox three. or Switch, Switch Xbox, Xbox and PC. PC. Yeah, but I don't know if the cross-play was for all three. Oh, okay. Um, I'm not sure. I just know that there was. they were looking to try... Remember, I'm, I'm saying they were looking to try and do it. I'm not confirming 100% one or the other. It's like people that keep busting my balls about Persona. It's like, you said Persona was coming to Xbox. I said, well, actually, I didn't. What I said in my tweet 14 months ago was that Microsoft are trying to get a certain Sega RPG into Game Pass. I said, they're trying to. And then a couple of months later, I follow that up with a tweet of Persona with an Xbox logo. Now, everyone took that as Persona's coming to Xbox. It's like, well, well, no. I said they're trying to. Negotiations, this, that, the other. And I'm sure they are still trying to. I haven't heard since then what what's happened. But I'm just saying, like, a lot of people... That's why I try my best to choose my words as carefully as I can. Yeah. To avoid stuff like that. Um, yeah. But, yeah. So... That's I wasn't gonna bring up Goldeneye, but I'm like, ah, oh, bugger it! I've got that well. much stuff coming. Like, I still need to post on Twitter those screenshots I've got of Lego Star Wars that I've been holding on to for a few weeks. I don't know. That game looks so good. It does. It really does. That Lego Star. Yeah. Didn't some footage leak? Didn't someone leak a bunch of footage of it? Yeah, I've yeah, seen like a few forty-five days, minutes. Like, yeah, yeah. Someone leaked a whole ton of footage, and I went back to my guy. I'm like, okay, so there's footage out there. Can I just leak these screenshots that you sent me like a month ago? <laughs> and they're like, yeah, just let me redact all the stuff that could reveal who it came from. Um, so I'll probably post those screenshots on Twitter. It's such a good looking game. Lego yeah, Star Wars. definitely looking forward. When it to comes out, out, we need to go back to that rumor mill episode and see if all of that info was right about Lego Star Wars. Yeah, because be... remember we did a rumor mill about it. Yep, that would be fun. Be fun to check. But I got, and I got, I've, I've received so much stuff over the last couple of weeks. It's overwhelming. Just various stuff, stuff about games, stuff about money hats, stuff about um, what else? Uh, all, all sorts of things. All sorts of things. Like it's there's a lot that I have to sift through. There's a lot that I need to chase up. Maybe other sources about um you know potentially even some elder scrolls 6 stuff Ooh. should i have said that no probably not that'll probably get you in trouble <laughs> um, i may have got some elder scrolls 6 stuff but i'm trying i know i know that's why i was surprised to get it but mm-hmm. part of that info is is it that early i don't know um, that's why I'm trying to follow stuff up and I'm trying to get things confirmed because Elder Scrolls 6 would be a very touchy subject, I feel. Yeah, you know? that's going to get, that's going to rustle some jimmies, I think. Yeah, so I, so I don't want to say stuff unless I can get certain things confirmed before jumping the gun on Elder Scrolls 6. It's a but wise yes, decision. As it's a little a bit decision. of a teaser, I may have got some info about 
Elder Scrolls 6. I'm just waiting to see if it's someone trying to bullshit me or bullshit my source <laughs> or if it's legit. I've just got to hold back a little bit before I get too excited. It's oh, a wise precaution, mate. It's a wise precaution. Mm. So we're we're at this point in the show where I'd like to take a moment and just do a couple of housekeepingy bits. Um, one, if you're watching and you're new to us, don't forget to hit like, hit subscribe, and all of that fun stuff. And if you really love what we do, you can support Xbox Era on Patreon. Um, just head to patreon.com forward slash Xbox Era, and you can join the esteemed lists of wonderful folks who love us, look after us, and enable us to do a surprising amount. Um, with 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 their help, um, and one of the things we announced on episode 100, which was great fun, uh, was day one our new Game Pass focused community app. Um, one small teaser update today is uh, I do know that our developer is currently working on the uh, integrations and API stuff, API API calls um, for Metacritic and how long to beat. So you'll be able to look at a game within the application and actually see the average time to beat if you just want to play it through from start to finish, if you want to 100% it and so on. Um, so we're trying to integrate all of this cool stuff into one very, very nifty place. Um, and we're looking forward to getting it into our patrons' hands for initial testing. And if you want to be a part of that, all you got to do is subscribe to the Patreon and you can be helping us bring it all to life. Um, and with that, the other perk of being on the Patreon is uh, you get to pester me and Nick with some wonderful community questions via our Patreon lounge on our forums. And uh, I think that's probably a suitable point to see who we've got and what kind of questions we've got and how many subjects we've already covered. <laughs> already today. It's hard because it's <laughs> new to us. So we're still getting used to the whole let's integrate the questions into what we're talking about. Yeah. And our producer should be doing a better job of pointing it out to us. <laughs> That's always someone else's fault. <laughs> Don't rise to it, Jesse. Hey. Don't rise to it. He's just nodding. Hey. He's just nodding and smiling. Remember, the CEO doesn't take the fall. The CEO delegates the... <laughs> uh, Wait, oh, the... no. What happened to Nick? Where did he go? He's Oh, shit. <laughs> he's, he's muted here. He's beautiful. The power Whatever. Don't mute me like that. He actually got rid of him on the camera. What? What was that? You completely, you completely disappeared on the podcast, <laughs> on the actual YouTube channel. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, all right. Nearly crazy. Damn, we should have asked this one earlier. Hey, folks. While we're on the topic of the initiative, are there any other game developers that have a similar structure? The only one I can think of is 360-era Mistwalker. Otherwise, I know we've seen partnerships like White Owls and Arc System Works for The Missing. Keep up the great work, and I hope you have a lol for your 101. We talked about it. It's World's Edge. World's Edge yeah. is like that project lead smaller studio that oversees the developer, the bigger developer doing all the grunt work. But yeah. You know, the biggest game that does this is Smash. It's not actually made yes. by Nintendo. It's, it's not made, made by, by Nintendo. Nintendo and made by Bamco, I think. No, 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 no. Smash is this other weird situation. There's this tiny team called Sora or something like that. If there's any Nintendo fans watching... That is Sakurai. I think that's his company. Yeah, it's like just him and his wife and someone else or something. And they are the overseers. It's developed by Bamco. Sakurai is the overseer who's technically not part of Nintendo. 
and yeah, then there's Nintendo's. Yeah, so that's like multiple Very layers. Weird. But the funny thing is, you know, we've been discovering that Nintendo hasn't actually developed a lot of these games. Like they've been doing this outsourcing thing since before anyone else was doing it, yeah. but they just didn't show it. It's like they wanted to take all the credit. <laughs> Something Nintendo's like that. Nintendo's been doing it for ages. Um, but yeah, so World's Edge are, are doing that at Microsoft. It's just, again, like we discussed earlier, the problem was messaging. Yeah. They made it sound like the initiative would be doing all of it when I don't think that was ever going to be the case. I personally never saw... I didn't think it was going to be the initiative doing it. I always assumed the initiative would oversee an outs... Like like a... Like a what's that studio that worked on Halo but has now been bought by Sony? Valkyrie? Oh, Valkyrie? Uh... Is it Valkyrie Studios? No. Or whatever they're called? It's the Russian developer that worked on Halo. Saber Interactive. No. No, no, no. Valkyrie. Sony bought Valkyrie. I don't reckon. They've been working on, working on State of Decay 2 patches. Oh, like still they were working on Infinite a bit as well. They that worked on Infinite me. a little bit too. Um, so I just assumed that Initiative would be the studio that, that, like Nintendo, gets all the credit and are credited with making the game. But then in the credits of the game, we see that Valkyrie Studios, for example, did the bulk of the grunt work. I thought that's, yeah. I always assumed that's what initiative would be, despite what Microsoft framed it as. Because again, sometimes you just got to read between the lines and see stuff logically. Like, yeah, they're, they're 80 people. It doesn't matter how talented they are. They're 80 people. They're not making a full blown AAA thing with 80 people. It's just like, it doesn't work that way. Last of Us Two was like freaking fourteen, thousands. fourteen support studios or something. Ubisoft crazy. was th- Assassin's Creed games are thousands. Like, how do you expect eighty people to do? Eighty people can do a AAA looking game, as in visually it's very pretty and it has the 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 bells and whistles of a AAA game from a visual perspective. Yeah, I mean, we've seen one man studios do that. Like, um, what's that first person shooter? Bright Memory Infinite. Look at yep. Bright Memory Infinite, made by one dude, but the game looks like this unbelievable AAA thing. But I'm sure that when you play it, you'll see it how shallow it probably yeah, is. Yeah, it doesn't feel like... It feels like it's That's been made right. by one dude. Cause it's, cause <laughs> do, you, do you realize people... Bright Memory Infinite has actually been out on PC for a while? Yeah. Yeah, landed with a thought. And, and that's the thing. That's the thing people forget. AAA isn't just how a game looks. AAA is everything. It's scale, it's scope, it's AI, it's world yep. size it's 100% budget that you put into a game it's the size of the teams making it AAA encompasses all of those factors where most people just hear AAA and think ah oh, pretty graphics nah man that's not all AAA is yeah anyway hopefully we answered that question in a very poor way <laughs> uh dirty flint i don't even want to read this it's, yeah, it's a pretty disgusting. it's a pretty gross question to be honest it is disgusting Hello, everyone. Why do people cap for Alan Wake? It not only wasn't a good game, it was a bad game. Shut up, Dave Flint. <laughs> you can shut the hell up. Yeah. Like, Alan Wake is you, amazing. You can say it's not my kind of game. It's not my def- cup of tea. Yeah, that's, I, think, I think that's a fair statement. But It's not my cup of coffee. It's definitely not a bad game. That's that's very a strong. Bad game. Alan Wake Very is- strong. Shocking. Alan Wake is unbelievable. Shocking. Shocking. 
Couple of super chats. Flaxus83. Wasn't around last week, but better late than never. Congrats on 101 episodes. Thanks, mate. Thanks, Flaxus. Morgan Mason. $5 super chat. I'll spoil the Elder Scrolls 6 news. <laughs> Horse armor is available exclusively when you pair your Metaverse account to your Microsoft account. Nah, man. The, oh. the horse armor is going to be a Game Pass Ultimate per. Yeah. <laughs> They have to do that. They have to do that. There is no way so. known they can be silly enough to miss out on that marketing opportunity of having Game Pass Ultimate subscribers get horse armor for Elder Scrolls Six. That would be they so have funny. to surely the new that horse armor twenty twenty two edition. Yeah, they have to do horse armor. Come on, I hope you've so. got to do it. Hope you've so. got to do it. Okay, uh, Jesse, brother. Happy episode 101, Travis Brother and Travis Brother Bosses. Yeah, see, he understands. <laughs> Regarding the Venture Beat story about Moon Studios being run by toxic wankers, do you guys feel it's more likely to be true or that someone just wants to take them down a peg? Personally, I find Dean Takahashi's story about Moon quite credible, mainly because if he had it in for a side-scrolling platform as developer, it would not be Ori's, but... And then Cuphead. he's got a picture of Cuphead. <laughs> yeah the moon issue yeah oh, oh look uh that's look i i will openly admit there's probably a bit of a conflict of interest there yeah like we've had i'll thomas just be up on... front i'm just gonna be up we've front had, about it we've had thomas on this show we've had thomas um, on the podcast a couple of times um he's been in our discord i will say he's not anymore but he's been in our Discord. Um, I've had a chat with him about it because when I saw all that stuff, I was a bit taken aback by some of it. Yeah. But like I said earlier about this kind of stuff, not everything is super black and white. People's perspectives can be different on certain things. Is some of it really, really bad? Yeah, I think some of it is. Yep. I'm not going to say what. I'm just going to speak generally and say some of it is pretty bad. I think some of it is not that bad if anyone has lived in the corporate world and had bosses that they didn't jive with. Like, yeah, it's... Uh, again, I'm trying to pick my words so carefully here, but it's, it's a difficult, uh, it's a difficult subject, right? Um, in, in that, we do have that obviously existing relationship with Thomas and we've not personally experienced all of this stuff. Um, it's heartbreaking to I read, mean, you know, reading reports from people feeling that like they were bullied and they couldn't speak and oppressive and, but we, we didn't experience that. So I'm not going to say this is how it is. And I hate Thomas now. Um, it's just a shame. And I hope, you know, if anything, they can just look at it, listen to it, learn from it make things better that's that's pretty much that, the that's the indication i got from yeah. my chat with him that there's a lot of learnings to be taken away um but yeah um i mean look go back and watch our two episodes with thomas on go and read his reset posts that he got in trouble for <laughs> he's a very blunt guy <laughs> and that's what i mean like a, a lot of again i didn't at first, I was just linked to the VentureBeat story. 
and a lot of the stuff I read and I was like, okay, a lot of that stuff's not great. But at the same time, a lot of it didn't surprise me at the same time, just based on how I know Thomas and how he talks and his personality. And like, again, it's there. Go watch our episodes where he's on. Like, he's very, very forthright and very um, unfiltered. And yeah. even about others' work. Like, I read that story about how he, you know, he would say that he wouldn't say great things about people's work and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, he did that on our podcast. <laughs> like, he did, he did that on our podcast, like, publicly. Like, he's done it in reset posts that you can all see. Like, yeah. a, a lot of this stuff wasn't, like, hidden, if that makes sense. Like, again, I'm trying to choose my words here because I don't want to be taken the wrong way. Because I'm not saying that they're all amazing, great things. They're not. If someone feels that way at work, they shouldn't feel that way at work. I know what it's like to feel that way at work. To feel like you can't talk and to feel like you're not valued and to feel like, um, you know, all like I know what that feels like at work and it sucks. Yeah. When I was 18, I worked at a motor company whose acronym is Fix or Repair Daily. And I worked in the same office as my boss. And obviously I was 18 mm. and I didn't know anything. And I had a I desk. I love those acronyms for car companies. I love those acronyms Fiat. for car Fiat. companies. What's Fiat's? No, I've had another one for Ford. Found on rubbish dump. It's <laughs> a good one. Fiat's fix it all the time. Um... BMW, bring my wallet. <laughs> I used to share a desk with this guy and it was like perpendicular to mine. So it ran along mine in that way. And there was a stapler yeah. and it was, it was just a stapler. It wasn't his personal stapler, but he pretended it was. And our desks are literally touching. I could reach across and get it off his desk. And what was happening was I would borrow the stapler. I'd be doing my work. I'd staple some stuff and I'd put it on my side of the border, close to his desk, like on the line. And he came in one day and he said, if you move that stapler again, I'll use it on you. And <laughs> I carried on working and I did it just absentmindedly. I used it and I put it there. He literally, without warning, I was 18. Now this is, this is assault nowadays, right? But this is yeah, 20 years yeah, that's, ago. And that's the he thing. Came over, it? He picked up the stapler and he crunched it into my leg. He stapled my leg. Wow. Right now, 37 year old me would treat that very differently to 18 year old. 18 year old me was like, Ow. <laughs> like, yeah. but I didn't flip out or go mental or file a complaint. And that's I what I mean. Should it's... I don't know. So yeah, yeah. like I, I had a, I had a boss. Yeah, I, I had a boss where to ninety-nine percent of the population, this person's not a great boss. Like he's probably potentially arguably worse than some of the things I've read about Thomas. Yeah. This guy was arguably worse. But somehow he and I, our personalities just clicked. And I didn't have the problems with him that the major the vast majority of the office did. So but I fully understood why I completely understood why everyone else in the office hated this guy. Totally got <laughs> why they all hated him. Totally got it. They really genuinely did not like him. Like I'm being serious. Complaints were made yeah. the whole lot. And when they used to talk to him about me, I'm like, I get it. But like me and him get along great. And he has, he had like multiple times publicly like 
not shamed me, but like out loud would be like, Nick, get the F in here or what the F are you doing or whatever the case may be. But I, and that's what I mean. Like there's so much. Yeah. yeah. But, it, but like I said before, people shouldn't feel that way at work. They shouldn't. No, you're not paid to and feel like crap. That's right. They, they shouldn't feel that way at work. And they should also feel like they can speak up, which is, yeah. I think, a key issue about it. Like, it's one thing to feel that way because perspective. everyone's perspective is going to be different on things. It's one thing to feel a certain way. It's another thing to feel like you can't say anything. Yeah. Like, you feel like... Laughed out yeah. the room or something like that. That's not cool. If they feel like they can't say anything and they can't speak up because of fear of losing their job or fear of how they're going to be treated or whatever the case may be, then that, I think, is a bigger problem. Yeah, 100%. I think that's a fair um, Because, you know, Moon is a studio that is remote and everyone works in all different parts of the world where cultures are very different and how people interact is very different. It's tricky to keep an eye on who's feeling blue. You can't judge that's you know, right. Reaction and, and body language sometimes. And for the and last that. two years, <clears throat> for the last two years, people haven't been able to really catch up in person. Do you know what I mean? And as far as I know, Moon, I think, used to have like retreats, like company retreats where they used to catch up and meet and whatever, whatever. Yeah. Th they haven't been able to do that for two years. So everything is still full, full, full remote. I don't know. It's... It's disheartening to read, especially if you're a big fan it of, is. of those games and loved those that their work, right? To know that maybe people were suffering while creating that. Mm. It's not a pleasant feeling, right? That's so right. Because in the end, that's how they feel. You can't dismiss yeah. how they feel because that's exactly. how they feel. So I, um, I hope, you know, let's learn from it. Hopefully they, they make changes as needed and, you know, sort it well, out. Well, Jez, I think Jez spoke about it Um on Xbox Two or on the other one he does with Miles. Oh, checkpoint. Um, yeah, I, I think I believe checkpoint. I didn't watch them, but uh, I believe they spoke about it. And I think Jez also clarified on Twitter that apparently a lot has already gotten better. That's good. Which makes it sound like a lot of this stuff may have been older stuff. Yeah, I, I don't know. Um, and it's already improving. Um, but again. From my chat with him, it sounded like, yeah, they're taking away a lot of learnings from all this stuff. Yeah, I can imagine it's a bit of a wake-up call. So It would be. Very yeah. much would be. Because like I said, guys, you've all seen him on our podcast. You see how he talks. He's, like, that's not, that's not a secret. <laughs> like, like, I can only imagine, like, if that's how he spoke on our podcast for everyone to see, imagine when there's no camera on for everyone yeah. to see. Do you know what I mean? Like, again, this isn't me being secretive. That's just life. Like, it's just how things are. Like, if, you know, I don't know. It's just, it is unfortunate because it's almost like when you look at the Ori games. They're beautiful. They're very hopeful calming and, and soulful. And, and, and then you hear these stories and it's like the total antithesis of. <laughs> total of opposite. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it's it is it's it's sad, but like I said at the start, I'll admit up front, there's a bit of a conflict of interest for us, um, which is why we, you know, didn't want to just 
dive straight in because it's also like it's one thing to say oh it's not a good look if you say this but it's also not a good look if we just full-on flip a switch and turn and be like oh they're the worst and because again not everyone is on the inside so yeah i don't know it's unfortunate that people feel this way and they were made to feel this way while at work doing something they love Hopefully it gets better. And hopefully it gets better. Hope we answered that question. Thanks for taking us down that rabbit hole, Travis. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) Creaky legs. Creaky legs. Hello, lads. As of now, I'm 142 hours into Elden Ring, level 219. Jesus. I'm level 8. I've beaten the main game. Uh, and I'm still finding new locations and bosses in this world. Have you found all the hidden walls? Did you see that tweet about yeah, the hidden walls? You hit it, hit it fifty five. You get it like fifty times or something to reveal a hidden room. <laughs> oh my god! If Man, Konami man. ever wanted another crack at a three D Castlevania action game, I think From Software basically nailed it already. I've also started Tunic, which is such a lovely game and one with great accessibility options for difficulty. If that god mode was in Elden Ring, so many more people could experience this beautiful world, discover its secrets, piece together the lore, and have a great time. Anyways, what's a non-multiplayer game in recent memory you spent way more time on after you beat it just because you enjoyed being in the world so much? Cheers and enjoy the rest of the weekend. Death's Door. Mm. Really? Yeah, Death's Door. I, I I, the only that. achievement I've got left to get is to complete the whole game again with just with the, the umbrella. umbrella, which I might actually go and do because I genuinely loved, and I and really? that was a game that nailed how combat felt. Like I, I, I knew when I died, yeah, I, I screwed up. Um, but yeah, even Tunic, you know, I, I was on Twitter earlier today going, I'm done. You know, that's enough. I I don't have the heart of me to, to go back and do another run. And I'm already doing another run. <laughs> and I've already got all three gems. And I did it I did it before we jumped on this podcast after I tweeted and said, oh, no, I'm not going to play anymore. Uh, um, it's just a beautifully made game. Do that. I don't know if I do that with those single player games where I go back and just run around for the sake of running around. Like I go back mm. and play older single player games. Like I'll go back and do Streets of Rage 2 runs. I'll go back and keep playing Super Punch-Out. Sometimes I'll go back and play Donkey Kong Country, but I don't know if those things count in terms of what Creaky Legs is talking about. I I read that as a single player where you can play it from A to Z, right? You complete the main story, but then there's find X number of this and discover all the secret that. Mm -hmm. That's the bit like with Death Door, with Tunic, um, with Ori, with those kinds of games where I'm like, yeah, because everything feels so good to play, I am going to go back and do all the extra bits because I don't want this particular gameplay experience to end just yet. And I'm always sad when it does um, because, you know, that's what I love about these little indie games. And one one of the pieces of news, and it wasn't on a topic, but I saw that Genesis Noir, which I loved, have added three more pieces of universe to how it got created like if you've Mm. never played that game it's an incredibly arty gorgeous game inside you know inside was a game you could finish from a to z but then you could go back and do the secret ending it's that kind of thing where you keep Mm -hmm. going through it just to just to uncover a little bit more of the world Uh, i did that a bit yeah 
That, that would I count. I think that a little bit in Mark of the Ninja. So I, Amazing I, I love it. I, I just wish, I wish there were more games like that more often, um, mm. where you just don't, you just don't want the world to stop existing. You know, like I, I'm even a little bit bummed that already there are so many guides out there on Tunic. Like uh, part of me wishes that the developers have made it so obscure that no one could have figured it out until like months of hard work. But mm-hmm. such is life. It's hard to do these days though. In the it is hard to do with the internet. There's always, you can't. there's always a smarter bear. Back in the old days, if someone discovered something, how are they going to get the message out there? Exactly. Before the internet, there was no way. It was just some dude that discovered it. That's why we're now seeing so many of these old games having new discoveries 20, 30 years later. Or more than Lovely. 20, because the internet's been around... Ah. Uh, in the way we now know the internet, it's only been about 20 years. Yeah. Even though technically it's been longer, but in the way we know the internet, it's been about 20 years or so. Um, but yeah, that's why we're discovering all these 30 plus year old games. It's like, oh, someone found a secret in Zelda Link to the Past or Zelda whatever or Mario yeah. this. or That's why we're discovering this stuff now. Yeah. But yeah. Anyway. Shadowless Edge. Hey, Nick, John, and Xbox Era team. Due to Shredder's coming to Game Pass this week, I decided to go back and try some older titles like SSX, amazing. Amp 3, best life I've had in ages. The Stoked series and a few others. What the hell is Stoked? I haven't heard of Stoked. Don't know that one. This also led me to ordering a copy of Tony Hawk Shred. A combination of skateboarding and snowboarding with the use of a peripheral board. surprisingly other than getting the device to calibrate i found it a bit of fun and good for a bit of a smaller workout i think i remember this i reckon i I do remember this it was the plastic yeah when i used to work in retail i reckon i went to one of those shows in a nightclub where the publisher had demo stations and thingos of tony hawk shred there and we were all jumping on skateboard on the board and they were showing us stuff I'm, i'm sure i remember that uh however it has me thinking about all the great peripherals we had in earlier generations and memories of plastic guitars, buzzers, and such came flooding back. I have all those things you just described. So my question is this. Outside of the rather easy answer of bring back Guitar Hero, what is a peripheral you'd like to see come back? Or what is a peripheral you would like to see paired with a game you've played in the last few years? Appreciate the show as always. Follow up. P.S. It took two dead batteries, two full batteries, and balancing that board a meter in the air to get it to connect. Calibration is the worst. <laughs> um, I love the the Dreamcast fishing rod. Oh, God, that I used to classic. use for bass fishing. Something like that would be pretty cool, and it's not big and cumbersome, so you'd think yeah. it'd be something that would be relatively easy to come back. Uh, light guns, obviously. Obvs. Um, uh, I would which like I think to... are semi-making a comeback with the House of the Dead remake yeah, on the, Switch. They've got the Send and Light Gun as well that's meant to be pretty good for... Yeah. But quite expensive. So I hope Light Gun games come back in a big way. I'd love them to, to be back in my life. Um, the Dreamcast I... era, though, was like... That was like peak uh, peripheral. Like the yeah. Samba de Amigo Maracas... <laughs> Oh man, um, the camera with the mic for Seaman. Um, you know they had the the. I've still got the fishing rod for bass fishing. By the way, I've got I've got my Dreamcast light guns. I've got my fishing rod. I've got my keyboard. Wow. my mouse. Um, I've got the dance mat 
the Mario Dance Mat game, Dancing Stage Mario Mix for GameCube. I had the bongos, the Donkey Kong one, got rid of those. I've still got my gun for PS3 for Time Crisis 4. Nice. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I've still got a lot of those peripherals. I'd love, I'd love to see uh, the comeback for Steel Battalion's ridiculously oh, huge God, no way. controller. Man, how ambitious. Happen. I know it wouldn't, but how ambitious was that, right? Hey, we're going to make a game, but mm. only that, but your game can only be played with this. Although I think it mm. could be played with a pad now in, in hindsight, I can't remember. But you can play it with this and it's even got like this button and if you don't eject, your whole save game gets wiped and you have to start from the beginning because you died because you didn't eject in time. Like I can't believe that. That's, that's so some cool. hardcore game design from software. That's hardcore. <laughs> I don't know if that's... Did From Software make Steel Battalion? No, but I'm oh. just saying, like if we're talking hardcore game design... Like designing the controller to have an eject button that if you don't hit, it wipes your save. Because yeah, you died, bitch. Oh, <laughs> you know what but I mean? That's just silly. Like I know, we've, but we've the, spoken about the this idea before. of controlling it like that. It's just cool. Like the the concept of death in video games. I just I find it odd that there isn't more discussion around it. Like the, it's the very reason, arcade and, and driven. That's right. And this is coming from someone who's forty one years old. So I'm. I'm the person that grew up in this age. The concept of death in a video game, you want to know why it's silly? Because it comes from the arcades where the games were designed for you to die frequently to keep pumping money into them. Right? That that's that was the idea of being able to die in a game. Once that game comes home, what's the point in killing you? Exactly. What's and that's point? why that's why when you know when I've played like this second run, I've been playing with God Mode on in Tunic. How much more fun is it? Oh, how much more fun is it? I'm having a lot of fun. I've been using God Mode since I was a kid. I did DQD, um, uh, Goldeneye. Like I've been using God Mode since I was a kid because I'm like, why am I dying? I'm not pumping quarters in. Uh, quarter. I say quarters. That's such an American thing to say. I'm not pumping money in. Like I'm, I've paid my money. I can play Just this let me how play I the want. game now. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've paid my money. Just let me play the game. Like, why are you trying to kill me? You're not trying to get more money out of me. So why are you killing wrong. me? Don't think you're wrong. I think the main reason they would do that is because otherwise, most of the games were like 25 minutes long. That too. No, back then they were. Yes, but that's yeah. not the case Nowadays, anymore. It hasn't I mean, been the case the for a long time. I mean, I, I think it should have both options where, you know, like Tunic does, I think it's fine. People don't want to die, that's fine. And people who like the challenge, you have it. So I would like to see more God modes and things like Hades has and Tunic and all those. Yeah. Be a lot more fun. Yeah. I, I don't know. Again, that's just my opinion, obviously. I, I'm well aware of how people are going to have a very different opinion to that. I'm just saying, like, I just... I, it, but again, I'm nothing if not consistent. Even as a kid, I used to put God modes on because I just found the game way more fun when I couldn't die. Yeah. Even back then. Like I just, you know, the, the, the best part of Crackdown 1 is Keys to the City where you just make yourself invincible, fully power yourself up and just wreak havoc in this city. Like it's just, I don't know. And, and in Tunic, the death, like, 
if your death in a video game isn't really going to do anything other than cause you some inconvenience and frustration, then what's the point in it being there? Exactly. Like, you talked about Steel Battalion, and the more I think about it, that actually makes sense as a consequence for death. It actually makes sense. Like, yeah, if you're going to kill someone... Like the idea of it. Yeah. If you're going to kill someone in a video game, then have it be punishment. Because right now, death in video games is just an inconvenience and a barrier. In which case, what's the point? It's 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 yeah. a pointless concept in video games as it is right now. As I think it, especially it, as games lean, as, and a lot of AAA games lean more to becoming movies where mm-hmm. they... They don't want you to die. You know, they no. want you to feel epic and powerful and yada, yada, yada. And they'll script a lot of things to make you look epic and powerful. Mm. It's like, it's like, it's like two different design mindsets fighting against each other. And you've got the old it's school. It's just type. old school thinking yeah. because you've always just died in video games. So everyone's like, oh, well, you've got to die. It's like, but do you? Why? Like, why do yeah. I have to die? If all I'm going to do is start from a checkpoint two seconds ago, then what was the point in killing me to begin with? Like, yeah. what was the point? All yep. you're doing... And then there are some games that are so bad at it that they send you back to an unskippable cutscene that you have to watch again before you do that part again. So it's like, so all that death is doing is causing me frustration for the sake of it. So why bother? Yeah, like I, I think a real strong example of a game that I would have loved to have seen all of it, but I do not have the patience is Cuphead. Beautiful yeah. art style. Bought it for yep. the art style alone. I haven't gone oh. back either. Oh, it's brutal. All right. Yep. I guess I'll never I'll never see those fights. I'll watch it on YouTube. Yep. If that had a god mode, oh. I'd have fun. I'd, I'd go just back do the platforming I'd, bits. I'd, I'd go back to Cuphead tomorrow if it had a god, god mode. This is why Play you should become a PC it. gamer, Nick. Because you can get cheat and engine modded. and you can become invincible in every single thing you play. They should literally just find the part in memory that controls your health and you freeze it and you can mm. never take damage and you're good to go. Sometimes there it works. Go. Sometimes death works. And mm. I understand it working in a game in roguelikes because that's sort of what uh, the, the game is built around the concept of death and learning from it and progressing further and like i loved it in zombie u zombie u was a roguelite i guess and it was a first person resident evil game before first person resident evil existed and when you died you came back all the way at the start as a brand new character but you could find your former dead self as a zombie kill them and get your stuff back yeah so that's so that's a so that's death having meaning and death being woven into the design of the game. I'm okay with it there. But most death in video games isn't like that. That's not how yeah. it is. It's just there to be a barrier to the fun and a barrier to your enjoyment of it. In which case, why? Maybe we'll become game designers one day and find out. But yeah, good question. Enjoyed that. Now, you know, from peripherals to a deep dive into the subjectivity of game design, who thunk it? Mm. It's the Xbox Zero podcast. <laughs> How did we get onto that topic? Uh, peripherals, uh, then, <laughs> then Steel Battalion. Arguably, it's my fault. <laughs> oh, 
And here I am wanting to go to bed. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm thinking, hold on a second. This question wasn't about game difficulty. I know, I know. Like, go figure. Go figure. Oh, my God. Uh, there's a super chat from Edward King. Hey, Nick. Jez said today that he thinks in 2023 we will get contraband, avowed, and maybe state of the K3. Do you agree? And what else could we see? Well, I mean, Jez has documents. And Jez has gets different, far different info from different sources than what I get. So he would probably know better than I would. Um, state of the K3 is interesting because I think we were talking about this because Phil mentioned state of the K3 with us. And that surprised us chat with us, Which <laughs> made us think this wasn't something we talked about with Phil off air or anything like that. The fact that Phil mentioned State of Decay 3 led us to believe that maybe State of Decay 3 is further ahead than people think. Yeah. Because thus far, all we've seen is a CG trailer ages ago. Yeah. But the fact that Phil mentioned it specifically rather than mentioning a game that's coming soon, like Redfall or Starfield. Yeah, it was interesting. Just made us think, oh, is State of Decay 3 further along than we all think it might be? So, yeah, I don't know. State of Decay 2 came out in May 2018. It was four years it's been ago. Four years. So, I'm not and saying most State of, of the Decay's... recent content has been from Valkyrie, aka of PlayStation See? Studios. It hasn't <laughs> See, been Valkyrie just the main devs on it. Interesting times. So, I wouldn't gents. be surprised if State of Decay 3 is next year. Would not be surprised at all. It's going to be a good um, year next year. You know, Forza Motorsport hasn't been officially announced with a date. But again, I wouldn't be surprised if E3 comes and it's like, yep, Forza Motorsport, fall. Yeah. There's going to uh, be a lot. Again, wouldn't be surprised at all. Uh, and Obsidian, I feel like Obsidian are a super organized and efficient studio. I wouldn't be surprised if we see an Obsidian game next year. Yeah. One of the ga- many games they're working on. I yeah. wouldn't be surprised. That's not me knowing anything, because I don't. But I wouldn't be surprised. Um, but yeah. Okay. Was that the only super chat? I think it was. That was it. D.O. Game. Hello, Lepner. What's that mean again? Uh, legendary... Oh, panel, 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 panel. Something oh, to do with panel. Okay. Probably something to do with panel. Um... I've been playing Shredders on xCloud over the past few days. And all things considered, I'm genuinely quite impressed. It feels really responsive and nice. Performance was consistent, I assume he was meant to say. Latency low. Only a bit of screen tearing in intense moments. I think this bodes very well for the future of the service. However, with the rush to get new consoles out being harmed by shortages, do you think it's within Microsoft's best interest to sell cloud versions of their games for Xbox One owners? Not unlike how some publishers sell cloud versions for Switch. Or is keeping this tied to Game Pass a strong move to strong arm the last few stragglers into embracing the future? I can see an argument for both. Either way, with Sony and co having to invest more in cross-gen, it's starting to become clear the strength of Microsoft's plan, especially when one xCloud blade can theoretically service 12 gamers a day, presuming two hour sessions each. This is an interesting question. I'm really loving xCloud on console and there's a great example of it yesterday so I sh- my kids were watching Tunic and then I was I can't remember why but I went into my games and app section and my son was like oh my god 600 games even though that shows demos as well 
And I went in there and I was going through the list and my son saw Halo, Halo. He saw like 10 Halo tiles. He's like, oh, look at all that Halo. And I said to him, I said, oh, you might like Halo Spartan Assault, buddy. Yeah, Spartan good Assault shout. was a cloud game. Guess what? I didn't have to download and installed it. You just pressed it and it booted up. Now, my daughter was also in the room. She's like, oh, it looks a bit glitchy <laughs> because of the artifacting from it being cloud. <laughs> she noticed. She's like, oh, it looks a bit glitchy. Son didn't notice. The six-year-old didn't notice jack shit. He just saw that it was a Halo game. And I said, okay, buddy, left stick moves the character, right stick, aim your gun, and trigger to shoot. So he grabbed it, started twin stick shooter. He started it. He was loving it. I said, okay, buddy, now the paddle throws a grenade and this paddle does this. And he just started playing through it. But it was great that we could just quickly jump in and try it without yeah. having to download no the waiting. full game. I just thought that was that was the moment when that whole X Cloud on console thing just clicked. And yeah. I'm like, okay, this is why it's awesome. I can just try something out and it's done. As to what Dio Game is saying, they would have to be very careful about selling cloud versions of their games yeah, because they're not in the same boat as Nintendo. If Microsoft is going to sell xCloud versions of games to Xbox One customers that want a game they can't run, they need to make sure that what they're actually buying is the real game, but because they're currently Xbox One owners, they get access to it via the cloud. But should yeah. they buy a Series X down the road, then they get access to the proper one because they've already paid for it. Which is, I, I think there's so many pitfalls there. I think, I, you know, to Dear Game's point, you know, are they going to do one or the other? I think they'll they'll carry on with cloud being an additive benefit of Game Pass because, mm. yeah, you know, Game Pass, it's a pass to play games including xCloud in that is a no-brainer. I think you're opening yourself up to all sorts of problems if you sell cloud games. And we've seen it on people buying them on Switch and then finding out that it runs like crap or they, they have to queue right. to play and then they've got to deal with the complaints of that. And, oh, my internet connection, it said it was good enough, but it's not in reality and yada, yada, yada. It's just, you know, by having it as an add-on, having it as a, you know, a nice-to-have as part of your subscription, you're saving yourself those uh pitfalls down the line but what was wrong with what i described for xbox nothing nothing's wrong with nothing's wrong with that but you you owned that game or it was part of your sub no but what, what i'm, I'm saying. saying is so so you're an xbox one owner right you currently own a vcr xbox one you want to play starfield starfield's what you want to play but you can't find a series x right now and you can't afford one right now but you want to play starfield so you buy starfield right and you play it via xCloud on your VCR Xbox One. Great. Awesome. It, it would actually look better that it could run on Xbox One anyway, which is why I said ditch Xbox One for Halo Infinite. But that's another discussion. Anyway, my point is that should that person then buy a Series X down the road, they shouldn't have to rebuy Starfield again. They should just have access to the native version of Starfield. Sure. I don't disagree. That's all I'm that. saying. Yeah, I don't disagree that, with that, but my, my that's point That's how is... Microsoft should do it. Because what if happens now with these Switch owners? What happens if Switch 2 comes out, right, and it's more powerful and can run these games that were cloud versions on Switch? And we're going to assume that Switch 2 is backwards compatible with Switch. I mean, I kind of was told it is, 
so what happens? So if you bought Kingdom Hearts Collection on Switch, which is a cloud-based game, when Switch 2 comes, which would be more than powerful enough to run Kingdom Hearts Collection, are you still going to be playing the cloud version? Yes. Or do you suddenly get a native version? A native version. Sorry? Yeah, they'd have to make a native version. They don't have and a native version. And that's what sucks. So if... if I like the game suggestion as long as it's executed the way I suggested, which is you buy Starfield as an Xbox One owner. So you go on the Xbox website and you buy Starfield. You purchase it. but And it appears in your ready-to-install list on your Xbox One, but there's a little cloud logo in the corner. And you understand that you're playing for the time being while you have a VCR Xbox One. You are playing the cloud version. If you buy a Series X, bang, install it, you got the native version. You're not paying twice, you're just paying yeah, and you get like, the native when your console's ready that's to That's fine, but that's, that's not the point I was making. The point was if they were to do that, it would open themselves up to the pitfalls of, oh, it didn't run right, I want to refund, oh, I didn't mean to buy it, oh, I, you know, yada, yada, yada. Whereas by keeping cloud gaming... But that's messaging. In, yeah, I know it is, but it's, it's also, you know... It, by keeping it as an additive, a benefit of Game Pass, they'd rather sell the sub to an Xbox One owner who then, as a benefit of their sub, can do exactly what you're suggesting know, and know full well that that is part of their subscription. This game doesn't run natively on your console. You can play it on cloud as part of your subscription. They haven't bought the game. Ergo, they can't complain if it fails or falls over in the way that they could if they'd spent money and they demand the product work as advertised because it's an but additive benefit. I, I just think you've got you're to make it clear. Worms, that, can of worms. No, I think if you make it clear that while they're an Xbox One owner, they're playing a cloud version, then that's fine. Like, but they, they do do that, don't they? You can do that already, right, on the cloud. Well, no. You can play. Yes. You can play games yes. on Xbox One. If you're a Game Pass Ultimate subscriber, but what I'm saying is, by allowing people on Xbox One to buy a game that's next gen only, the other thing you're also doing, and why I'm surprised Microsoft wouldn't do it, is that you're helping lock them into your ecosystem. There They're just that. a Game Pass Ultimate subscriber. They could turn around still and go, "Eh, bugger it, I'm going to buy a PlayStation." But if they've bought a handful of next-gen-only games that they're playing via the cloud on their VCR Xbox One, they're far less likely to then turn around and be like, well, I'm ditching the Xbox ecosystem because they've invested too much in it at that point. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So it's I think it's a point. good retention It's a good retention tool to let I, them I, buy those I, games. I agree. I just, I just don't, I don't see Microsoft doing it. I, think I need I need to find it, but Phil said before the plan with xCloud, when it's out of beta, which it's still in, is to let you play the games you buy on xCloud, not just Game Good. Pass. Like, they've said it yes. in the past. That is how they should do it. That is yeah. how they should do That's it. The, that was the plan years ago. Who knows now? I think it's a fantastic migration and retention tool. Oh, cool. You can't get your hands on a Series X right now, and you can only keep your VCR? That's okay. You can still play Starfield. It's not going to be the native experience, but you know what? Buy it. You can play it for now on your VCR Xbox One so you're not missing out on the zeitgeist. And then when you're ready with your Series X or S, download the native version and play it. Go for it. I reckon it's a great thing. I reckon it's an awesome thing. 
the whinging, you're going to get the whinging regardless. There are people that whinge now, even when they play at native. Oh, the frames dropped by three. Oh, no, the resolution's 10, 1800 and upscaled. You're going to get that now, whether it's cloud or not. That's true. So as long as, as long as the messaging is clear that, hey, while you have this Xbox One, you're playing the cloud version, so you need a good internet connection. Then that's their gonna, bases are coming. I'm going to step in as a producer here and say we're at two hours and 45 minutes and still have three questions. So <laughs> John is very tired. I'm fine. I'm fine. What was that? With, with, <laughs> well, with daylight savings now, we're going to have to adjust our time a bit. Okay. Good old Collingwood. Happy autumn equinox, Nick. Happy spring day, John and Jesse. One of Tunic's more appealing features is the game manual you piece together as you proceed through the game. In the good old days, the days before digital downloads, games came in boxes, and those games had manuals. A lot of times, though, those manuals are more than just telling you how to play the game, but replete with, replete with wonderful art, fascinating information about the game's background, and colourful facts painting the world of the game. Yes, I used to love reading the game books. Some of the memorable game manuals I've had was the novella in the back of the original Elite that told the story of a space pilot's first day. The Lucas Games flight simulators with their manuals that included profiles and the aircraft involved and the history of that games that, that the games portray, and Sid Meier's Pirates, which had short biographies of infamous pirates. So, what are your favourite game manuals? Also, footy's back, hooray! Yes, I want to talk about that. Uh, favourite game manuals. I, I don't have specific ones that stick out in my head. I just remember them generally uh, if that monkey makes sense. island on the amiga had a pretty cool one and uh on xbox the original halo combat evolved had a really neat manual and it had all the breakdown of all the species and the guns and the and the artillery I yeah yeah I remember, I remember reading it it was good those were the halo days twos. did halo twos have anything special might have can't remember now halo one did i've got halo twos this is halo twos okay have it's pretty thick. Oh, look at that. The Samsung competition card. Wow. Wow. Old school. Oh, my Halo 2. Ooh, look, look at my this book, favorite it's in, like, chat. it's in like perfect. Con- look at that. Yeah, look at that. Secret transmission, the Master Chief. There you go. Look at that. Nice. Look, look, look. Breakdown of the government units. Are you yes, sure you weren't talking about Halo 2s? No, I think Halo 1 had something similar, but cool that Halo 2 did it as well. The controls. All stuff yep. that's in the menu now. <laughs> yeah. These things don't exist anymore. The HUD, like, all oh, explains it. I used to love this stuff. Like, I remember I'd drive home, like, we'd go and buy the game, and on the drive home, you're, like, opening the game, reading through the manual on the drive home. Uh, look at that. All the weapons, the breakdown of all the weapons, of all the vehicles. Um I never realised. I've never actually looked at this manual before. This is the first time looking at Halo 2. It's a pretty good manual, right? Maybe I was thinking about it. It talks about one. multiplayer basics. Uh, wow. This is full on. And look at that. The credits are in the manual. Wow. They could actually fit yeah. it on a couple of pages back in those days. You know what the, um, the modern equivalent of that is that fans don't get to see, but we have, John, are the, um, the review guides. They can be unbelievably gorgeous, especially yeah. like Ubisoft's. They look so yeah, good. Yeah. Halos was pretty. Elden Rings was. Mm-hmm. Yes. Elden Rings was insane. <laughs> yeah. Very cool. Very, very cool. But yes. Good old Collingwood. Footy's back. Round one of the footy just started. 
Uh, and as good old Collingwood would be aware, Sadistic Magician is a Melbourne supporter and his team won the grand final last year. But round one started, Collingwood is brand new from the top down. New president, new coaches, new everything. Collingwood, for the first time in a long time, is very, very new. Very low expectations coming into this year on Collingwood. I, however, do not have those low expectations. I think Collingwood's going to surprise a lot of people this year. And we won our first game against all odds. So we're off to a good start. Go Pies. Huh? We're the best. <laughs> okay. Kemika. Uh, God, I, I don't know if I pronounced that right. Can I just go Jemica and not say the K, I bet. Kajemica. Really? I, I reckon the J is silent, but I could be wrong. Maybe if, if they're in the chat, they can um, tell us. Maybe. Hello, fellas. Hope all is well. When does Phil step down and who replaces him? Thank you, and keep up all the wonderful work. Never in my heart and Sarah Bond. <laughs> yeah, I think I think Sarah. I think Sarah will be the one that takes over. Um, when? I don't know. Like, I have a sneaking suspicion that a lot of these studios that have been acquired, I think, I think a lot of them have been okay with being acquired contingent on Phil hanging around for a bit. Yeah. Particularly Bethesda. Yeah, I mean, Phil said we talked about the Lifetime Achievement Award last week, and he was like, "I don't feel like my life is done yet." Like, yeah, so he's got he's got some years left in him yet. I I think Phil will be around at minimum till the end of this generation, this traditional generation before the new Xbox comes out, at minimum. Um, but uh, at the same time, there's no way known uh, a succession plan hasn't already started. And my personal choice would be Sarah. Um, I suspect she's the one that's probably been earmarked to take over. Could be wrong, but she'd be my pick, personally. Yeah, I'm with you. Okay. I'm with you. Last question. Brightest Sun. Hi, folks. God, we could have asked this one at the start, too. <clears throat> Happy Vault 101 episode. With all the, that debacle around GT7 this time, with grinding microtransactions and server downtime, do you think it is going to be Forza Motorsports' time to shine? Forza, Forza Motorsports 7 still looks visually great, and in new Forza, Forza Motorsport, they seem to be aiming for better simulation too. Keep up the great work. Well, yeah, we yeah, talked about We kind of answered this. So Yeah. As, as to the Forza Motorsports 7 thing, yeah, like... It really this does is look kind of what nasty. I alluded to earlier. It's a bit embarrassing that the comparisons with GT7 are being made to a five-year-old game. Like, if if that's if that's what you're going to try and use as your victory card in console wars, you're kind yeah. of already lost. Forza Motorsport is a last-gen game that's five years old. Your game should look far better. It should look objectively better than a last-gen five-year-old game. If there's even a little bit of parody, maybe your game's not that great looking. Yeah, just, it's a bit just of an saying, Like, it's... Yeah. It, and again, that applies to any new game. Um, and, and again, that's, that's part of the cross-gen problem. That's yeah. why Halo doesn't look as nice as it could. 
because yep. it's being held back by an old console that it has to run on. And and at least a lot of the Xbox studios are pretty experienced with this stuff. Yeah. I doubt Polyphony is. Yeah, I don't so think so. That's why I tried to allude to that earlier. I don't. This is the first time for Polyphony developing for two platforms. It's and only going to get worse for Sony. They've all got to start developing for PC. Yeah, they're going to have to consider PC now soon too. Uh, but but I think they've been outsourcing a lot of their PC ports. True. Like I don't, they've bought they've bought a team now that does PC. Yeah, and they've bought a couple of teams that do PC ports. So, you know. Smart move. I mean, the, the writing's on the wall there. If, if for, So for those of you that are super, super upset about Sony putting their games on PC, got some bad news for you. They're all coming to PC. Whether it's, <laughs> whether it's day one, whether it's later, whether it's <laughs> whatever the case may be on a per-game basis, they're all coming. It's just a matter of when. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's why the suit that that's why I'm again going back to that argument. I'm sorry, I know you want to go to bed, but whatever. <laughs> that's why I'm going back to that argument where I said ditch Xbox One for Halo. You have the cloud gaming coming to Xbox consoles. If someone wants to play Halo on a VCR, let them play it via the cloud. It'll look better. It'll look better than the native version. So why not just ditch last gen? It's also an advantage you have over Sony. Sony doesn't have that kind of infrastructure implemented. So they have to make two versions of every game. Microsoft yeah. don't. Well, take they, advantage they, of it. They've finished though now. That's it. There, there are no more cross-gen games. I know. Reason. For Microsoft, there isn't. I know. No, you know. Although saying that, when, Forza Motorsport was being tested on the OG it, Xbox yes, One. Yes, Forza Motorsport's been tested. tested for Xbox One. Whether they go ahead with an Xbox One version is another ball game. Yeah. Luckily, with Forza Motorsport 7, again, turn 10, super talented, runs super well, very efficient. I wouldn't be stressed. I mean, look at Forza Horizon 5. Did cross-gen really affect it? No. I'm going to go ahead and probably say no. Not much. Halo, I reckon it full did. I don't care what anyone says. <laughs> Halo, it fully uh, did. Forza Horizon 5. Like, Forza Horizon 3 and 4 were gorgeous games, even on base Xbox One. So clearly, Forza, the Forza games aren't going to be held back as much by last gen. There are going to be exceptions to the rule. Sony also has an advantage over Microsoft in the cross-gen argument because the PS4 is a much more powerful console than base yeah. Xbox One. So anyone that owns a PS4, don't worry about the PS4 Pro, that thing is stupid. But anyone who owns a base PS4, look at Horizon Zero Dawn on yeah. base PS4. Look at God of War. So uh, Sony's cross-gen... Their, their cross-gen teething isn't going to be so much, oh my God, our games are going to look like crap because we have to consider the PS4. Look how their games looked on PS4. Yeah. Sony's teething is going to be all these studios having to make two versions of games and it's a lot more work for them, I'm going to assume. Yeah. Um, as there's a, there's to, a lot oh, there for them to juggle going forward, for sure. Yeah. It's going to be interesting, really, to see how it... All plays out um mm. 
but yeah, we'll see. But that is all of our community questions. So we're coming up on the end of the show. There's only one thing I wanted to just let folks know about is uh, we do have a preview, keep me honest here, Jesse, coming next week of the next kind of interesting, smaller, but very unique, very cool people probably want to pay attention to this one game which is weird west i would i would say it's coming soon soon ish soon no, no time no so time I'm working on a review for it um we've got a preview that we can do before the review the game comes out on like the 31st i think so yeah. yes but well before the 31st we'll have a, a preview up so keep an eye out for that one and uh yeah we'll be back next week as per usual, um, episode 102. God, it feels weird being in the triple digits now, but it's nice. It's nice. It's pleasant. Um, you know, I saw, <laughs> I just saw a thread on Reddit already about the oh, Xbox God. hardware thing that I said. Yeah. And he goes, Nick also claimed to know what it is, but it's not VR. I didn't say it's not VR. No, you didn't. No, I, I said, didn't. It, I said, I, I doubt it's VR. I didn't say it's not VR. I said I know what it is and I can't say and there's been a lot of talk about VR and there's been a lot of speculation about a stick and a lot of speculation about a portable. That's what I said. I didn't say it's not VR. See what I mean? But you, you know if you I, say that, people go, oh, so it's VR. I know, but I'm just clarifying. Like, I didn't say it's not VR. I didn't say that. So why say that? And That's what I mean. This is my problem with stuff. Like, if you're going to do this kind of thing, at least... You know, that's what I mean. I try and choose my words carefully, and it still happens. Like, <laughs> at least just... That's fine. Make the thread whatever, but at least get that stuff right. That's all. Just get no, that part of it right. Never works that way, my man. Never works that way. But, yeah, never mind. Anyway, folks, thanks for hanging out in the chat. You've been lovely, as always. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, I'm surprised we managed to drag this one out for three hours, but Nick was on a roll today. I blame him. Um, it's because we'll we see. didn't blend the community questions into the discussion. That's where we stuffed up. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll make sure <laughs> next time for my, my sleep schedule alone. Um, but yeah, everyone, have a great weekend. Go play some video games. Um, there's sure plenty of them out that are really good right now. So you've got, you've got nothing but good things to pick from. And we'll see you guys uh, back here same time next weekend. Yep. Ciao for now.